When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right, welcome in to Purple Daily's coverage of night two of the NFL Draft, the National Football League Draft. If last night wasn't enough for you, if you didn't get enough Surly in your veins, enough of the before-I-die ale at the Surly Purple Daily Draft Party, then, uh, well, you can pour your own. We've we've made our way into studios and home setups here, and uh, we're here to take you through at least the early portion of the second round, where the Vikings have the second pick in the second round. Tampa Bay, I believe, is on the clock, or they will be here in a second with the 33rd pick. But boys, are you ready to rock here for a night two of the NFL draft? See what the Vikings can do to build upon what they did last night, which is trade back 20 spots and take a safety from Georgia. I am completely set to go. I am very, very curious. Last night, I was optimistic. Now, I'm curious. <laughs> okay. Dex, what, I just what, don't know. Where are you at with this tonight? Uh, I, will, I just put a tweet out. I will shotgun a beer if they draft Malik Willis. <laughs> on this street. Okay, what are the, I don't know if you have the latest, but a couple hours ago you were showing us off microphone that the, it's not necessarily oh, yeah. that the Vikings are the odds-on favorite, but that the odds-on favorite is the 34th pick to be Malik Willis, which means that either the Vikings will take him or that they will trade out of the 34th slot and somebody else will take Malik Willis. And I, I'll mention this too, last, last night, Kwesi, after his first round as an NFL general manager, you know, he made a comment that, you know, listen, we... Lewis Seam was our guy at pick 32. But we got a phone call that kind of changed the dynamic of our conversation for a second there, and we considered it, but then we ultimately said, no, 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 let's commit to, let's commit to Lewis and, and go from there. But I think, Declan, you had it as, as the, the, the odds-on favorite, the heavy favorite, was the 34th pick for Malik Willis tonight. Yeah, it was. It was like minus 200 as of a few hours ago at, at going at pick 34. Um, trying to figure that out right now again to see if that's still the case. But th- that is interesting. And also that could mean to a team – obviously could potentially trade up to grab him as well, but that is very interesting. Yeah. So there's all sorts of interesting players on the board here that the Vikings could be interested. If they stay at 34, I mean, there's wide receivers, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Sky Moore uh, are three of the top receivers. Andrew Booth is the top cornerback on the board from Clemson. He's 23rd on PFF's big board. So, uh, So that would be some potential value for you. And then they've got the pick 66 and 77 later on tonight as well, which we will, you know, we'll go, we'll come back for those later on the purple. We'll come back for that. No question about it. Okay. I'm going cornerback at 34. I'm saying they stay put and I'm saying it's booth. 
Okay. Are you spoiled? Like- Did you see this on Twitter already? Did this already happen? Are you no, cheating? No, 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 no. I'm not. No. I'm just guessing that they're going to address <laughs> corner. I'm, I'm guessing that they've shopped the pick. Here's my question. Are you really going to trade back again? Because you traded back once. Are you going to trade back again? This pick should be a pretty good pick. Like, you, you've got a pretty good start to a selection process with only Tampa Bay tonight in front of you. I'm going corner. I'm going booth with with pick 34. Okay. You? I think booth is the if, – if they stand pat, I think booth is the most likely pick at 34. I'm trying to figure out how they feel about their wide receiver situation. We just don't really know. He, I think Quasey made a comment about Jamison Williams last night saying that, yeah, he was on our radar as well in the teens or at the 12th pick. But it right. feels like Andrew Booth should be the odds-on favorite for based on need, based on value and talent. I should also mention here real quick that uh, this Friday night edition of Purple Daily here, this night two of the NFL draft edition of the show, is presented by our friends at TCL, which is one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands they have a new lineup of award-winning tvs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution all at an affordable cost enjoy more of the things you love with tcl and we might as well uh oh my god what are they doing here they have somebody upside are they doing like a vegas uh this guy's gonna try and get out of a straitjacket hanging upside down from the top of this structure houdini is he back so we've jumped the shark here. This is Chris Angel. Las Vegas. Mind Freak. I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was actually Mind Freak. I wouldn't be shocked one bit. Is the what? Blue Man group going to come out and perform beneath him while he tries to get out can of this? Can we just start picking players? Celine Dion yeah, is going to come, with, come sing a set? I, I can we just that. pick players? Lady Gaga and Aerosmith. You know what? You know what? If Shania I want Twain. that crap, I'll go to Shania that, Twain, okay? Give me some Shania. Judd, you're done with the entertainment here or what? I don't need the I don't need the lost Vegas flair to the draft. This is a player procurement process, which is very important. Let's where would you prefer players. where would you prefer the draft take place? In in a, by the way, I love that it's in Vegas. I think this is great. I think the Chris Angel thing has jumped the shark, but where would you like the draft to be held? I you know what? My absolute f- favorite, as much as the pandemic stunk. Roger Goodell's basement was fantastic. Drunk Roger Goodell. Drunk Roger Goodell Goodell in his recliner falling asleep. In a robe, sipping on some brown alcohol. I love that. Guys at home with their, you know, Belichick's dog. (laughs) Spielman with like 18 computers. I, I love to see a Spielman and Zimmer and Brzezinski just laughing their asses off at the at the that Eagles taking Jalen Rager. Oh, that was man. last year, but I but I liked the, the uh No, that was two, uh, that was two years ago. That was the pandemic oh, yeah, two, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's right. But mm-hmm. were, were they at home for that one? Yeah, they were all on Zoom. Calls. Everyone was on home. Oh, yeah. that's yeah, that that's right, that's right. I, I forgot about that one. But anyway, I just you know what, Roger Goodell's basement. That's where I want it. Yeah. Damn it! Uh, but all right, but look, at Chris. That took Chris Angel ten seconds to to take Boy, the string jacket off. Is that is that uh, Donny Osmond that he's hugging? What is happening right now? I'm told you guys. Is that Donny Osmond? Would be surprised. That guy's had a lot of work done. These players Donnie, on stage are like, yes. what is happening right yes, now? Yes, then you're correct. I think it'd be fun <laughs> if we did the draft, too. I think Minneapolis should get the draft. Oh, no, Wouldn't I have no interest. I, there's I almost like no chance no, that, that Minneapolis gets anything. The, the next time we get a Super Bowl is the next time we build a new stadium in, like, 40 years, right? Yeah, that's fair. Every time that we build a stadium, we get a Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine with that. And what's funny is the next—so people thought it was cold that week. Like, oh, my God, it got down to 8 uh-huh. degrees, and it was kind of windy. The next year, the very same week, I think the Super Bowl was in Atlanta the next year, 
And that very same week was minus 55 degrees wind chill on like the Wednesday or Thursday of the Super Bowl week. Can you imagine all those people coming into town and just getting well, they, their faces blasted off? They were off? ticked off here. The, the rich people hate it because they're like, what are we doing here? Skyway. We don't want a Skyway. We want beaches. We want <laughs> golf. All-time people watching that week. All-time people watching. And I love uh, some people watching. Yeah. It was great. All right, boys. I have in front of me here the pro football focus big board of remaining players. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to go through some of the names on this list. Of and, and some of these positions might not apply to the Vikings, but the number one player on the pro football focus big board heading into the second round is Bernard Ryman. He's an offensive tackle from Central Michigan, and he's the 18th ranked player according to PFF. Nakobe Dean, the linebacker from Georgia, is the 19th ranked player. Sky Moore, the diminutive but shifty wide receiver from Western Michigan, is third available right now, 22nd on the overall board. Andrew Booth, the cornerback from Clemson that we already talked about, is 23rd on PFF's list. Uh, Travis Jones, interior defensive lineman from UConn, is the fifth best player overall. George Pickens, the Georgia wide receiver who tore his ACL, uh, what, like late last spring? is uh, sixth available. He's the 28th overall player. And then Malik Willis is the seventh best player available, according to PFF. He is 30th on their overall big board. And there's a bunch of other guys on here that are really interesting, I think, as as the night plays out here. And some of this, like, will the Vikings trade back up? Like, Boye Mafe is the 17th best player available. The, uh, the Gophers edge rusher. He's a name that continues to pop up. And um, I would also throw out the uh, the cornerback Cam Taylor Britt from Nebraska, who I don't know that he's as much of an option at 34. He is the uh, 34th best player currently available and 65th overall on the PFF big board. So if you if you don't get Booth and maybe you go for a different position, you could address cornerback as you get closer to your next pick early in the third round if Cam Taylor Britt is still available. So there's a lot of different things in play here for the Vikings over the next two or three hours or so. So much football. So on, on the defensive backfield, as we, I think, still wait, What I, can they just start, please? They did. No, Tampa's, Tampa's, on, Tampa's on the clock. clock. Okay, Tampa's well, let's get, let's, let's get that Dude, pick in, okay? you need to pour us early here, okay? Yeah, I, I will be sure. You're, you're, you're a little shortly. anxious right now. I'm I took a nice nap. Did you this is a, nap? Now? This oh, is a big a night in Minnesota sports, and so... I took a nap. No, and that's what I want. I want the big night. I don't want a bunch of crap around it. So here's what I've... I'm surmising from going back and watching the KOC and Quasi Adolfo Mensa press conferences last night as well. Uh, I think, gentlemen, that we should be prepared for defensive looks that that are dime packages. Dime packages, if somebody wants to say football for me. Yeah, we don't have our sound effects tonight. Uh, football. Right, so football. Football, yeah. Uh, football. So, so this was broached. It was not denied, and I think it's true. I think what you're going to see is – you're going to see three safeties used quite a bit. I think you're going to – so essentially I think we're going to end up lots of times technically with six defensive backs on the field. This has been kind of a Packers staple under under Mike Pettin in the past, and, right? And and so when I was on the Packer beat in 2003 and four, and Ed Donatell was the D.C. back then, they played a, a 4-3, but they used almost exclusively for sub packages the dime. Oh yeah, they use the dime. So, so the Packers at that point in time rarely, if ever, used nickel, which has been a staple here for ages. 
I think we're going to see dime packages with three safeties and two corners and football, one football. linebacker. But 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 the other but <laughs> one of those safeties is going to end up being a pseudo linebacker. But I don't think there's going to be like it's going to be a straight up competition with Bynum. I think all three of those safeties are going to play. That's interesting, but they're not going to. But, but but those are only sub packages. Yeah, you know, like, but I like mean, you're, you're in sub packages all the time. But you would you you would probably only be in a dime sub package maybe if you play a lot of dime maybe twenty five or thirty percent of the time. Right, but I mean that's still a pretty good that that still gets those guys lots of playing time because I think what we're going to see is there's a realization that safeties probably can do a better job of matching up against uh, top tight ends and and depth receivers, certainly, than a true linebacker can. So as offenses explore ways to exploit matchups, I think what we're seeing is smart offensive coaches coming back with, with attempts with their defensive coordinators to stop those. All right, we have the 33rd pick. The Vikings are on the clock right now, by the way, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking defensive tackle from Houston, Logan Hall, with the 33rd overall pick. And so that puts the Minnesota Vikings on the clock with the 34th overall pick. So trading back here is certainly an option. We're kind of at the point now where teams are going to start to climb over the, each other. You know, remember this happened like early third round too last year where we had, you know, we had a run on Davis Mills, Kellen Mond, and then somebody else went at some point. So maybe this, you know, do the Vikings stand pat and make their pick, and then we get a run on quarterbacks? Does somebody trade up here? Uh, we'll see. What's your gut telling you? Uh, my gut tells me the Vikings are going to make this pick, and it's a corner. Um, I don't think they're going to trade back a- again. I, I think – they've explored it but the reality is you can you should get a good player here and look this team needs good players like it's not like there's this this oh, ability to just trade back oh we have a trade oh and won't, wouldn't you know it there it is wouldn't you know it if judd, bl- judd you blew a gasket because they traded in the division with the detroit lions yesterday so how do you gasket, feel i didn't like it how do you feel about the Green Bay Packers now being on the clock with the 34th overall pick? I'll be right back. Oh, man. All right. The Green Bay Packers are on the clock. If they take Malik Willis, dude. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So the Packers, where are they jumping up from? They're they're jumping up from the from the fifty third. Yeah, the is that Vikings, what just happened? They're jumping up. So they're the Vikings just traded back twenty spots again, and they get pick fifty three fifty nine from Green Bay. Okay, okay. So okay. So so the Vikings trade the thirty four to Green Bay, and and go ahead and did what now? Uh, the Vikings trade back to fifty three, and they also get the Packers fifty ninth pick. So they had the fifty third and fifty ninth pick from Green Bay on top of Amazing. their other picks. I believe sixty six and seventy seven. Yep. Okay. All right. You know what? I kind of love this. I kind of love this because once you get past, you know, the, moving back from twelve to thirty two, Judd is pouring himself a surly. In fact, why don't you tell the audience here before we dive into the analysis of this trade, what kind of beer are you pouring there, and why do you like it so much? 
Pouring a surly furious because I, I am mad. so sick and t- what what's next? The Bears are gonna make a trade with the, the Vikings. This I am. A, this is a great trade. I'm, oh man! Uh, and they're selecting they're selecting Christian Watson, the six what six foot four, two hundred pound receiver from North Dakota State. So there you go. The Packers what's have the trade? a wide receiver. I didn't hear it. I was going to get <laughs> this my is surly. What's crap? So they just they traded back and all they're getting is they're getting the, so they, you're moving back more and you're getting the 53rd and 59th. Well, they're get they're they're moving back 20 spots and getting an extra second round pick, which I love, and I'll tell you why in a second. But Judd, okay. continue talking about your favorite beer for a moment. Uh, it's my favorite beer because it's always there for you. Unlike uh, sports teams in this godforsaken town, Surly, it, it's it's local. It will never disappoint. If you think Joe Maurer could hit because he's a local guy, you know what? Joe Maurer is great. That's fine. But Surly Furious, Surly Beer, Surly Brewing, as we learned last night, as we commiserated about the first round, Surly, that is a local hit. Enjoy Surly responsibly, yeah. of course. But tonight, if you're at, at home, go crack one as the Vikings and Packers make a trade. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send a note on air production meeting here to our guy Thor. I, here's what I want to know. So we'll get Thor Nystrom on from NBC Sports Edge because he scouts literally all of these players going into like the third through seventh rounds. So actually, Dex, can you hit Thor up and just see if he wants to yep. jump on here? Because here's my question, and this is why I think I love this trade. I hated moving back from 12 to 32 because I think the difference between someone you could get around the 10th, 12th, 15th pick, the caliber of player that you can get is so much different than what you might get toward the back end of the first round. Mm -hmm. But once you get into the second round, the second and third rounds tend to blend together a lot more traditionally, year after year in the NFL draft. Like the player that you're going to get at 34 is not going to be entirely different than the player you you might get at 50 or 60 and then even into the mid-60s. And so... The fact that the Vikings have picked up an extra second-round pick here from the Packers, I love this. I think this is great. I didn't love moving back 20 picks from 12 to 32, but if you're going to move back 12, uh, 20 picks in the second round and pick up an extra second-round pick, I think you might have a chance to get a second-impact player. So I'm in on this. Of course, if Christian Watson turns into the next cyborg-wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, then sure. maybe you just help facilitate that, but that's this. another conversation. I absolutely abhor this. I hate this. Make a pick where your picks are. You're passing up. Like, this is exactly what I ripped Rick for. So, like, there's no difference here. Like, it's being too creative. It's being cute. It's it's taking players off the off your list and off the plate who are there for you to take. Now, you know, 12, gone back to 32. Now, 34. I get that you get a second pick, but you're still 20 picks back again. I I absolutely hate this. If Rick did this exact same thing, I would rip Rick left and right. I don't like it. I'm sorry. Okay, but but again, they picked up an extra second round pick here. Uh-huh. So unless you think there's a huge gap between the player that you would get at 32 and the player that you're going to get at 53, to not get the extra player that you're also going to get at 59. I feel like I'm looking at the comments here on YouTube. People are freaking out about this. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't blame them. I don't like it. It's passing the buck on the entire draft to be like, we're going to accumulate. We're going to accumulate. But you're, but you're uh, not accumulating seventh-round picks. It's right. not, Okay. It's, it's one thing to be accumulating. The, between 2019 and 2020, the Vikings selected 13 players in the sixth and seventh rounds. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. You're not going to have room for that many late-round draft picks on your team. They're not that good. Oli Udo was one of them, and it tempted you to start him for a freaking season, right? If you accumulate picks in the second and third rounds, those are starting caliber players. I mean, you're you're getting 
you're getting guys that could be actual blue chip caliber talented players in those rounds. So I I like stockpiling picks in the second and third rounds. I I lock I like stockpiling picks in the early rounds if you aren't going back this far. You're going back to at, at every like they are averaging right now dropping 20 spots. It's too much. Okay, Don't again, like but there's it. but there's a difference between dropping back 20 spots in the first round and dropping Agreed. back 20 spots in the second and third rounds. Those rounds blend together a lot more right, with talent a, than 12 to 32. But I'm imagining with how they map things out, they're doing things in a consistent pattern, and I don't like the pattern. I don't like the pattern. My collaboration is stop doing this. Make a pick where you have a pick. That's not collaboration. That's just you you, unilaterally saying your take. You had the second pick of the second round. Now you're 20 spots back. You had the 12th pick. Now you're 20 spots back. What what exactly... Are you banking on the fact that you are going to 20 spots after you're supposed to pick now, hit on two picks? Because I, I want to see both these picks be damn good players. Well, I want to see them. I want to see them come through because you are. I, I think you're establishing a pattern that I don't like. OK, let me let me lay it out this way just for fun here. OK, so let's put the first round aside for a second, because I think we actually agree on the first round. That's just yep. I need if I'm going to move back 20 spots from 12 to 32. That's a different conversation than moving back 12, you know, 20 spots in the second or third round. Mm-hmm. So we'll put that aside. If you're looking to build high-end talent on your roster here, do you have a better chance of doing that with three picks, 34, 66, and 77, or with four picks, 53, 59, 66, and 77? Give me the four picks. Give me four I'd, picks. Give me I'd four be picks between now and seventy-seven versus three picks between now and seventy-seven. If you think you are incapable of finding a really good starting player with the second pick of the second round, and so you're you're going to drop back for more for more a, a potential because you want to get lottery tickets. That's what Rick did. That's the same exact thing. But it's not that you're incapable. It's that they're lottery tickets. You just said it. They're lottery tickets, and right. so there are certain instances where there are certain instances where I think it makes sense to just have more lottery tickets. Seventh round, I don't want those lottery tickets. Those are those are like Powerball tickets, because you just you're just very rarely going to hit on somebody. Yeah, I don't like it, and I also do not like now. If you're, pre- I mean, you you just traded with the Packers receiver, Lions receiver. You you are now tempting fate that one of those two is going to become a very viable player, and you have to play them twice a season. I I don't I hate it. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not I'm a fan break, of it either. Br- break the tie. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it either. I mean, the Vikings had the 12th overall pick. They moved back to 32nd. They're not going to make their second pick until pick 53. So 52 players are going to come off the board, and the Vikings have one of them, and the one that they selected was in the 32nd spot. I just think when I look at the draft like that, I think I would have just taken my chances and grabbed the two players when you were supposed to pick. Instead of now you have depth, and yeah, you have more lottery tickets. I get every draft pick's a gamble. I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I mean, I think we all just, I mean, I just explained it to both of you and you just disagree with me and that's fine. That's fine. And the thing is, we're not going to know for another few years what happens here, but um, that's the trade. The, the, the Green Bay Packers have traded up and they grabbed the North Dakota State wide receiver, uh, Watson, and the Vikings now are going to wait, I don't know, another hour or so to make a pick at 53 and then 59, 66 and 77. 
So we shall see. Are you guys okay? Is part of this that you guys just want action? That you guys are just sort of draft sure. action junkies, and you're just sick of waiting for the Vikings to make picks? That to a degree, you know, we're forty picks into the draft, and they've made one selection and traded back and I, made made you wait. They're teasing I think. You. That, I think so. So especially with new executives, I look for tendencies because, like, we don't know a thing about what Quasi is ultimately going to do. This to me screams of we're not really with our collaborative process we're not really sure of who's good and and who, who's not so we're going to cast more attempts yes uh, the lack of certainty bothers me because it screams to i don't really know what we're looking at here and so it's better to just take chances but okay but Bill Bill Belichick is one of the great football coaches and executives in our lifetimes. Agreed. That dude whiffs on draft picks all the time. And more so now. John Elway has whiffed on how many quarterbacks in his time. The draft is a crapshoot. Yep. So the the more that you can... The more that you can... Build the odds in your favor. If you can, if you can, if you can wind up adding an extra body, an extra person, and and expand your odds for someone to hit and be a starting caliber, Pro Bowl caliber player, right. I'm not going to rip them for that. But the draft is. But you you are dealing with what you should be confident right now is high end talent, and you are. And what you're telling me is, I'm not really sure I can identify it, so I'm going to just try and get more to basically insulate myself, and I don't like that. No, I, you, I don't like what he's saying. But you're looking at it as if, like, he's doing it out of this cowardice. He's trying to, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. And so, uh No, I think he's doing it, you're going to hate this word, very intentionally. He is, but it means he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. But no one knows exactly what they're doing. in the, who, right, they, who, which, which team knows exactly is, what they're doing in the draft? But this is what I told you today. Have the confidence that you know what you're doing. You have to have that confidence. He clearly lacks that confidence and therefore is bailing backwards at every turn he can to try and create more cushion for him himself. I want somebody who thinks that they know. I mean, if you can't identify talent at this point in the, the draft, what are you doing? Like, the lottery tickets exist as multiple picks in the late rounds because those guys are completely hit and, and miss, and I get that. Um, yeah, I just I can't justify this. The comments, the, com- the comments are just. I hate it. Anthony says, "Is Phil applying to K fan? You guys know me. I'm not just. I'm. I'm the homer of the group well, you did here. At one point, yeah. but well, I'm I, not. You got fired from there. Right? I did not get fired. I left <laughs> on my own. Twelve years ago. It's good for you. <laughs> I K fan Maggie got K fan. We just so bad. But 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 like let's 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 keep going down this hole. So because yeah, because like it's funny because we're we're seeing the same thing but interpreting it differently. We both agree that the uncertainty of the draft is what's leading to this type of trade. And and what you're saying is, no, you need to just be confident that you know what you're looking at and just yes. pull the trigger on a talented player. And yes. what I'm saying is even the best general managers in the NFL fall victim to the crapshoot nature of the draft. And so if you can have some self-awareness and know that, okay, this is a crapshoot, even if I think I'm 90% sure on this guy – it's really probably not a ninety percent probability. So let's—he's playing probabilities here. Yes. You would rather have okay. For, forget for a second, and if you fight back at me on this, if you want to. So forget about where in the second round. Would you okay. rather have two second round picks or one second round pick? Well, but the whole point is where in the second round. I'd rather have and, the and I don't think pick of the because it's a pseudo first round pick with, without the fifth year option. 
but it's not a first round pick because there is no fifth year option. So to me, it's more like it's it's more like more but like a third higher round end pick. talent pool there. Like like you're but, now going to, to to Dex's point. You're now allowing the talent pool to 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 be drained. You, you are di- you are going to dive headlong into a pool that's now not filled with water. Ergo, your your odds of being hurt are worse. But I think that pool thins out earlier than the thirty fourth pick. I think I think yeah, I think like we just the, disagree, the, the, the deep conversation. yeah the deep end of the pool to me starts to empty out around the twelfth or fifteenth pick. And that's why I was more worked up about God. You had a freaking pick, man. You had a, you had the twelfth pick, and now you just and, and you and you picked up an extra third. But you just you just moved back into like someone commented today on Feedback Friday on Mackie and Judd. The thirty second pick is for Super Bowl winners that are you know popping champagne yep. and they just get stuck with a thirty second pick. And the Vikings volunteered to make that pick, only adding a third rounder. But I think that I think the talent is so much more flat. And and maybe maybe we can talk to Thor about this before the uh, the night's over too because he actually has like grades on these players. But I think the talent is much more flat once you get late first round into early third round. And so if it's me, and I know you disagree with this, I would rather just have two second round pick lottery tickets than one. And in a vacuum, I see what you're saying. Okay, so so like I'll give you that. What I what I guess what I'm saying is that I see a tendency here now, and I think you are exactly right. I think he's playing this like a stock. I think he's playing probabilities, which I think in sports there's definitely times to, but I also think in, in sports it's not it's not like the market in the sense that there are times to understand that this is different. The The issue that I have, and look, I, I don't want this to be old man against in analytics and stats, okay? Because as I said Today, there's a lot of times where they're valuable. They're really good. Football so is not played be, on a spreadsheet. But, but foot, but but sports is not. But sports is not pre- nearly as predictive as certain as certain walks of life where guys like Quasi come from, and so you have to understand the difference there. But because it's not predictable, you should give yourself more chances to. At times, Land yes, but but at times you also should say, "I understand that this is not one of those times," and and this is this goes back though to me. I can't separate last night from this. This is a bailback factor now. Like if he had taken the twelfth pick and done this, I have less of a problem. You know what needs to settle this? The Jimmy Johnson OG draft value oh, chart. Boy, <laughs> you just. This pick was worth Let's, two billion points. I just looked it up. <laughs> I'm going to pull up the OG Jimmy Johnson draft value chart here, the one that said that the Lions fleeced the Vikings last night, uh, and then we'll we'll know that we, that this is probably the the one that values these picks like the one last night. Um, so okay, so the Vikings gave up the 34th pick, which is 560 points. Okay, so 560. Carry the seven. Uh, and then they got the 53rd, which is 370, and the 59th, which is 310. So you add that up, and that is 680 that the Vikings acquired and 560 that the Packers acquired, which means according to the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart, the Vikings fleeced the Green Bay Packers in this trade. Oh, bum, bum, banana, go, get, fleeced. That's right. And PFF and ESPN and their new analytical charts or whatever, they tend to err more on the side that the Vikings double fleece the Packers, I would guess, based on what they said about that trade last night. So, oh. All right. Well, I just think it, it also puts, it puts pressure that 
look, yes, they get more chances on the second round, but it puts pressure on them. They have to get these picks right. Like, it does no, put but, more but pressure. It, no, it yes, doesn't. it does. Yes, it does. They, they literally are, if they're sacrificing the picks that they are going to be in with the, with the spots in the draft that they are, they are now forcing themselves that these second round picks, they, there's more pressure that they have to hit. No, That's but, how but, I look but, at it. Okay, but, but let's flip it around. So if I say, okay, I'm going to offer you two second round picks for the 34th, and you turn it down. Doesn't that put more pressure on you nailing the thirty fourth pick because you don't get the safety net of a second second round pick? I guess you assur- turn down two second round picks, but so now you only get one second round pick. You better be sure about whoever you're drafting. Sure, I, I guess the assurance at thirty four though, with that player at the thirty fourth pick versus the fifty third pick, has a more chance of hitting. So now yeah. there's pressure that that at fifty three and fifty nine that those two players has to also hit. That's how I look at it. I make love to pressure, is what Quasi says. Right. No, no, he, no, he's bailing on it. That's my problem. Do oh, take man. the pressure, take, make that pick, and be right. JP, be right. I'm, I'm. By the way, the, the most of the it sees most of the viewers and listeners here agree with you guys. Mackie and Spielman must have taken the same math class. Yo, <laughs> we would be ripping Rick though. Rick, Rick would get ripped for this. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. So, by the way, the Falcons are on the clock right now with the 38th pick. Let's go through what's happening oh, yeah. so far. Yeah, this kind of blew up our we, – we had a little schedule plan tonight and stuff, but I don't know. I guess we just stay on at this point. Quasi doesn't like our through. schedule. No. We were going to we were gonna do, you know, are right, they going to pick at 34. Let's do like 30 minutes, and then we'll come back a little bit later, and we'll do a Wolf stream later, and now it's all just oh, – we'll just stay on now. <laughs> So uh, uh, let's see here. Christian Watson was the was the wide receiver from North Dakota State that went to the Packers at thirty four, and then cornerback Roger McCreary from Auburn to the Titans at thirty five, followed by running back. Is this the first running back off the board from Iowa State? Brees Hall to the Jets, and this kid's a stud. Stud, stud. stud. He's supposed stud. to be great. Safety is it Jalen Petrie from Baylor? to the Texans mm-hmm. with the 37th pick, and then the Falcons are making a pick right now at 38. We might even be a couple. Yeah, the hell, the Bears just made a pick here, too. The Bears just selected cornerback oh, yeah. Kyler Gordon uh, with the 39th pick. I did not see who the Falcons took, so let me just. ESPN and NFL Network are behind the Twitter feed here. Mm. Yeah, I've got the here. page, ESPN.com called up and they've not filled in the Falcons or the Bears. The Bears. So that means that our guy Andrew Booth is still floating around out there. Why is Andrew Booth still on the board? What's the red flag there? Yeah, we'll have to ask Thor that question. Oh, And the Seahawks have back-to-back picks coming up on the clock here. By the way, it's uh, edge rusher Arnold uh, my god Ibikate, Ibikate from right, Penn we're, State. We're not in the professional no. pronunciation. We're beyond the point of here. having uh, inherent knowledge about some of these players, which is another math. funny reason why you guys are no. so worked up. You're like, no, a random like player at 34 I, that I don't know anything about. Who I would have known more about him than I will about the <laughs> random player at, what, 52 or 53? So what, what positions do you guys think, as we continue to guess here, that, that the Vikings will now address, assuming they use both second-round picks? Yeah. Cause well, I mean, cornerback, right? I mean, uh, and and the the injury history for Andrew Booth and people are commenting on this is is one of the red flags. He's had knee issues, so you know that might be something that <clears throat> that teams are looking at here. They need a cornerback. 
I mean, right I, now they've got two guys, veterans on one-year deals, and Cam Dantzler, and those are their three starting cornerbacks, sure. right? They need a cornerback. I'm going to say this. I, with the second-round pick, I'm now going to use on a center. A little the Cam Jurgens action pick. or something? Yes. I'm going to use that on a center. I desperately want competition for Garrett Bradbury. Like I can, well, you got to think at this point with I can four, taste it. four picks between now and the seventy seventh. One of those, I got my best guess is they're going to fill center, corner, edge, and wide receiver in some order with those four picks. Fair enough. Something like that. Well, good thing they traded two receivers in their division that could potentially haunt that defense. So that's good. <laughs> Okay, what is your so you know, we, we've talked out. about the Viking side of this, but on the flip side, you know the the two trades they've made have been with teams in their division, and then those yep. teams just landed two of the most interesting receivers in the draft. So yep. what's your what's your level of panic that you're going to have a a situation where you're chasing those guys around four times a year here the next oh. decade? It's actually fairly high because if you're going to continue down this this path now, you you have a first round. Uh, receiver who I like a lot in Detroit, a guy who was the second pick of the second round in Green Bay. And as we talked about before, the other the other problem with this entire thing is we're watching a league right now that is geared towards rewarding quarterbacks and receivers. So, like, I do have some trepidation here based on the rules that if, if assuming at least one of these two is good and competent, that – it's going to be an issue. Like, I don't know it's going to be a problem, but it's going to it, – it's, I don't think it can be dismissed. Do you? Oh, man. I, I mean, it's two guys. In general, I think you should make trades for yourself without panicking about, you know, like trading someone within the conference or the division. So sure. if, if, if these I are the best that, yeah. offers that you're being given and you feel strongly that these are great offers, then, oh. Well, the Is pack- this the first trade – with the Packers since they made the the swip the swap of picks that I believe I think it got Green Bay Matt Flynn and the Vikings John David Booty way back when that that was a Viking Packer trade if I'm not I did not know that I don't remember that in like yeah. the sixth in like the fifth or sixth round I think interesting but that did might the Vi- be... the, did the Vikings they didn't take Flynn and trade him they they traded the no they traded the, the picks, picks. Right? excuse me. But I think that was the that might have been the one and only actual trade that transpired between those two teams. I think when that took place, that was the first time that they had dealt with each other. But I wouldn't swear to it. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. I mean, they're not actively looking to deal with each other. I mean, the, the, the last time the Vikings wanted to deal with the Packers was for Brett Favre, but that wasn't going to happen in 2008, right. right? Correct. So... You know, we could we you know, we could fire up the vent lines here too, Dex. We could we could start to yeah. mix these in. If you guys want to jump on the show and give your opinion, I mean why don't you, you know break the well, it's not really a tie. It's Declan and Judd feel one way and I feel the other here about this trade. So the Vikings are like fourteen picks away from their next trade back. Which would be hilarious so that Judd's head would explode or, live or on you, YouTube. You never know. They could be trying to trade up. You never know. We'll see. We'll see, but you can you can email VikingsVentline at gmail.com, and then we can send you an invite to join the show here so you can provide your takes. This is funny. Web TV OG, I think it's scrolled by here, but he says, I blame Chris Angel. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys. I also agree blame him. Cappy Skoll says, Paul Allen trimmed his eyebrows. Oh, wait, that's Phil. Oh, wow. I'm not just blindly... Well, 
That you guys know great. me. I'm not just blindly defending them here. I think this is a genuinely good trade from a value standpoint. And the OG Jimmy Johnson draft value chart validates my opinion. Okay? You can't you can't ask me for the Jimmy Johnson chart last night and then ask and then, me tonight yeah. and then you know it, it mattered last night, but it doesn't we're gonna rip the Vikings last night for getting fleeced according to that chart, but we're now now when it says it's the fleece the other way, then we feel differently, okay? Pick a lane, guys. It's ridiculous disrespecting Jimmy Johnson like that. The Jimmy Johnson draft chart also is from like nineteen nineteen now. <laughs> I love how we still use the that. Newt Ro- I use the Newt Rock draft, Rock- draft, draft chart. Yeah. Ah, so, hey, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna right sweep right left sweep left. We're gonna run up the middle and hey, boys. Ah. You guys have ne- ha- haven't broken out the Hank Stram draft chart that I enjoy. <laughs> how does Walter Football not have one? I'm, well, I'm, I'm subscribing. Sure I'm subscribing sure. to Walter Football. I want the damn draft chart, baby. Walter you. Football has like a 2024 mock draft out there right now. I'm pretty That's sure. Incredible. If you guys will get Walter really Football. bored later this weekend. Love Walter Football. Yeah. So the Bears have officially selected Kyler Gordon, the cornerback from Washington, and now the uh, I think the Seahawks are still on the clock here. So we'll keep you posted. We are about 14 picks away from the Vikings for now. Next selection for now. Yeah. Declan, you're very disgusted. It's just, I just, yes, I will say, I will say selfishly, I want them to just make these damn picks for See, my own personal life. Yeah, I do. I do. Professionally, I want these, I want the Vikings to make the damn picks. And now it makes things more complicated for everyone here in this room. Yes, content is king. Love the content that's being that's being on here right I was now. Say, plenty talkers. But at the same time, just make your damn picks, dude. Quit, quit trading back. Quit getting cute. Quit taking more chances. There's a spot there for you to take the damn pick. Take the pick. What are we doing? Why do we have to keep going back? Why? Why? It's stupid. It's it makes stupid. It, it's it is stupid. They have take two, the players. Two second rounders now. Great. I'm so glad they have 53 and 59. What what was wrong with 34? What was wrong with 12? Okay. Little history lesson for you two jabronis, okay? All right, let's pull up let's pull up some Vikings draft history, okay? Mm-hmm. Let me let me spell this out in a, I think I've spelled this out four different ways now. Let me let me try a fifth way here. Okay, let's just focus on the second round. So, um let's go back here. Uh, in 2016, okay? Mm-hmm. The Vikings had one second rounder. Mm-hmm. They drafted Mackenzie Alexander. Okay. Now, wouldn't you rather have had another second rounder? What pick was he drafted at? 54. Oh, my God. Right around where they're drafting now. I'd rather have the second oh, pick. So, he's fit, second so, so everyone after 34 I'd is a have bust the second then. Pick. Listen, Mr. History okay. Lesson, Mr. Teacher, I would rather have the second pick of the second round. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Um, let's see here. Well, I was going to say let's go. 2010. Toby Gerhardt. Would you like to have another crack of that one? Here we go. I'll give you another one. Okay. Okay. 2010. Uh, Chris Cook. Chris. Well, this is this is probably plays into your hand. They drafted Chris Cook with the 34th pick, mm-hmm. and then they got a second crack at a second rounder, and they drafted Toby Gerhardt with the 51st yeah. pick. So both of those whiffed. That doesn't prove anyone's point. <laughs> I was going to say, that just blew up. That was just a crappy draft on all fronts. Yeah. Yes, that was a uh, Spielman special right there. Okay, all right. Let's go to the vent lines here, Dex. It is Purple Daily Vikings vent line live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Please click the subscribe button and the like button if you could to spread the word about this Vikings vent session right now. 
Jonathan, what's up, dude? Uh, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just depressed. What? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I, no, no, seriously. Well, so me and my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law lives in Germantown, Wisconsin, right? So he's got, he's a pastor out there. I got him a, a Vikings, like, like robe to wear for his sermons because people leave his sermons anyways because it's it's Packerland that's awesome. that's awesome. halfway through because they got to get to the game, and I actually live in Chicago in Lombard, but I I work in Charlotte, North Carolina, and down the coast I build houses and I don't I, so I came up here I was trying to get here fast enough to get to Surly because I want to have the beer I've been to Surly m- multiple times, and I I'm in St Paul right now, uh, not too far off of Snelling and Grand area. Mm-hmm. And I'm just at a friend's. I'm just like, what are they doing? Like, like what Judd said, I mean, like, I've been a Vikings fan since Scott Sudwell. I met him as a kid at the state fair. Okay. So yeah. I'm 42 years old. I've yeah. seen the 87 games. That's when I became a fan. I've been disappointed every year since then. I, you know, so I remember all those games as a kid. I played, I'm from North Minneapolis, right? I played myself played a little bit in college and I, I don't understand any of this. Heck, I coached at Brack. And I, I'm just like, what is going on? You do they not want to do do they not want to have the best player available at any spot? What are they doing? I'm so confused. And I've never seen a team be I don't are they bipolar? What's going on? I'm really I don't know I don't know what to think about it. And I Judd I've followed him for a while. I've been listening to you guys for a long time. Thank okay. You. What I do think, we do? I think I, I'm going to ask you guys, I want, and I want Jonathan to stay on here too. So uh, they, they basically have traded, if you start from the beginning of last night, yeah. they traded because the, they traded for the 34 and then they traded the 34. So the 34 cancels out. So they right. basically traded the 12 and the 46. So a first and a second round pick, a pretty high first round pick, I'll give you. Yeah. The 12 and the 46 for the 32, the 53, the 59, and the 66. So they, so they, the traded, only- they traded a first and a second, and they wound up with two additional seconds. Well, one additional second, I should say, because they, sw- they they swapped one, and, and a third is what well, they wound up with. I, the only thing I can think of is they feel like they have more needs than we realize on the team. And point. I do realize they need a lot. I mean – Bradbury's been a disaster. He gets trucked every time he even snaps a ball. I was hoping Wyatt Davis could step in and and you know hike the ball to Kurt, but I I I don't think they have a plan. I don't think Quasi's running the team. I really don't. I mean, there's no way a logical human being who helped put draft picks together for Cleveland, although you know they haven't had the best success in a lot of areas could make these kind of decisions like this is just like you have to go over the like Jameson Williams I agree with you guys 100% because I watch you guys all the time me and my friends who are not in in Minnesota we we share you guys around all around the country (laughs) you know we just do awesome and it's just even I I send my stuff to my bear I live in Lombard my I go to a lot of bears games and my friends make fun of me. I could send you a text. Like they make fun of us for being idiots all the time. And I have nothing to give back. I said, where's your first round pick this year? And then we go 32nd. You know, it's like, what are we, what are we making? Are we making a team that's actually to be successful? Are we building for the future? What are we doing? I was hoping they were going to build for the future. 
you know, I was if down with the he, Kirk Cousins contract. Devil's advocate, okay? If you can't win a Super Bowl, you might as well pick where the Super Bowl champion picks, which is the 32nd <laughs> overall pick. Okay, you you might as well feel that for one night in late April. No? I, yeah, guys, <laughs> I'm telling you, I respect, yeah. I love watching you guys. I watch you guys all the time on podcasts when I go back and forth through different areas of South and North Carolina and Florida. And I just, I'm like, I'm so confused because you got to have like come up with a development of what you're going to do. It's math, right? I'm a math person too. My dad's a CPA. I graduated with an accounting degree. This does not make any logical financial sense at all. You're either in or you're out. You're either going in and I'm going to get the best possible player to make the team good. And when you, uh, when you said James Wilson, I was like, uh, cause I remember 98. That was the year I thought for sure we had it all. I was talking so much smack in college. My first year in college, I thought for sure we had a Super Bowl. I mean, all of us, I think, did. Really, we had that team because of Randy Moss. So I like that idea, that that process of like, yeah, the defense, you know, because they always say you can always get really, if you're good at something, you can get great. If you're average, you can get good. Yeah. And so I thought for sure that that sounded like a good deal. And when I saw some videos on his knee, how he's moving, I'm like, ah, oh, the Vikings are going to get a wide receiver. Here we yeah. go, Randy Moss again. We're talking touchdowns back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Jonathan, hey, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate yeah. you you leading us off here on Ventline. And we'll see what happens the rest of the night. We'll see. Um, real quick here, the Seattle Seahawks have made back-to-back picks. And, Judd, if you need to go and – and and relieve yourself of some surly oh, furious here. Right back, thank you. Okay, thank you very are, much. Yeah, you uh-huh. uh, back, thank you. <laughs> so the Seahawks have drafted Gopher edge rusher Boye Mafe with the 40th overall pick, mm-hmm. and then uh, they're looking to establish the run even more in Seattle with Michigan State running back Ken Walker the third deck. So no quarterback. No, the, the, the Seahawks have had three cracks at Malik Willis, and they have said no. Well, yeah, I do not want Locks there. You know why? Why would why would you need the quarterback if you got your guy Drew Lock? You're just sling, slinging in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield's going to be there soon too. Yeah, to compete, no maybe with, no with Drew Lock. Should we keep the vent lines rolling? Yeah, here? let's do. We got a full room here. Let's uh, pop on over to Jake. Jake, you got us. Yeah, I got you guys. What's up, Jake? What's going on? So I'm out here in uh, Oregon City, Oregon. Diehard Viking fan. Family nice. is all from Minnesota. Um, I'm on your side, Mackie. I think what we're doing is okay, honestly. Um, I think we're all hyped with a lot of the new turnover oh. in the coaching and everything. Yeah. Vikings are on the clock. The Vikings oh, the are Vikings on the clock. are on the clock. The Vikings oh, are on the clock. The Vikings are on the clock. They've traded up with the Colts Booth into Junior. the 42nd spot here. Okay. Okay. Look at this. Quasi moving, wheeling, dealing, shaking. We don't know what the price tag was, but to move up from to move up from fifty three to forty two, you're probably gonna give up four eighty. You need like hundred ten points. You're probably giving up your it might maybe the seventy seventh. They might have given up their seventy seventh pick to move up here. Yeah. We'll see. It's kinda weird because it's kinda like it's like a fourth round uh, value or like a late third round value to move up that far, but they don't have a fourth round pick, so uh, we'll see here. All right. Well, what do you think? What do you want here, Jake? Uh, I think they could go for Booth Junior, who's a cornerback with some value. Um, but I like just in general moving back. I think is smart not only against the money side of things, but 
but also with the accumulation of the talent you already have. I think that a lot of the guys behind the scenes think that this team can win, and you just need some kind of blue chip guys, not anybody who's a, a heavy hitter. And you can do it on a cheap by trading back into the second and getting a lower cost on these guys' contracts. So I'm on your side. I think it's a good move overall. We got plenty of talent, just need some pieces, and we got a whole new staff. I say let them do their thing. You know, we should just bring Jake on every five minutes to validate my opinions here. Just like every five minutes, just Jake. I just want to see how much Oregon knows. Dude, the specific Northwest air, you know, I don't know. You know, it's all. Glass half full out here. We're always trying to see it. Here we go. Yeah, glass half full of IPA. All right, Jake, thanks for coming on, dude. (laughs) All right, Matt, you appreciate it. We got the pick. According to Albert Breer. According to Albert Breer, the Vikings are taking Clemson cornerback Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth. Andrew Booth. They got their man, Andrew Booth. We don't know what the price tag was to move back up to 42, but the Vikings have their man in Andrew Booth. So um, that's really interesting. And Judd's putting the headphones back on. Judd, you have any idea what just happened in the last three minutes or no? No. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings just selected after trading up to pick 42 cornerback mm-hmm. Clemson Andrew Booth. Okay, we do, so they we don't back. know we don't know what the price tag was yet to move back up to 42. But Andrew Booth was the 23rd ranked player on Pro Football Focus's draft board and the Vikings get him at 42. So uh, the analysis, according to NFL.com, there's, I wish we had the football sounder here because a press zone combo corner with good size and length, Booth plays with an urgent competitive nature. Mercy. He has the strength, balance, and foot agility to press and slow the release. Oh, yeah. He has limited starting experience, though. He'll need more development to prevent route specialists from manipulating his feet and hips. That's right. Same. Oh, no, no question Same. about that. I, I he has the ball okay. tracking and play strength to find and maintain top dog positioning through catch tries. I don't even know what that means. It's just words. Say it again. But the slow. Vikings have him. Okay, Say it again. Booth, Booth has the ball tracking and play strength to find and maintain top dog positioning through catch tries. Top dog positioning so does that mean high is that is that a a fancy way of talking about high pointing maybe okay here's the here's the trade comp dude the vikings are just active as all bleep okay the vikings i'm trying to keep track of all this so we can kind of see what the toll swaps are the vikings trade the 42nd okay I'm sorry, the Colts trade, the 42nd and the 122nd, which I believe is a fourth. Okay. We'll go, we'll go back to the actual rounds here in a second. And the Vikings trade the 53, the 77, um, and the 192. So the Vikings move up. Here's what happens. The Vikings keep their other two. The Vikings keep their other second-round pick, the 59. And they keep their their early third round pick, the sixty six. They give up their second third round pick and swap it for the one twenty two, and give up the one ninety two, which is I think a six round pick. So unpack all that for me. Okay, My so they goodness. get so they did give up one of their two second. They gave up fifty three in the second round as well. Well, they yeah. Well, they swapped the fifty three for swapped. the forty two. Okay, but they, they but they keep gotcha. the fifty nine. They get they keep the sixty six. They give up the seventy seven, but they get back the one twenty two, and they give up the one ninety two. Okay. So, well, 
a lot to untangle here. By the way, the 122 is smack dab in the middle of the fourth round. So they wind up picking up a fourth yeah. rounder, which they did not have going into this draft. Thank you, Chris. Is it Chris Herndon? Yeah. Tyler Herndon? Shout John Herndon? Larry Bill Herndon? Herndon? Former baseball player. Yes. Oh, something like that. All right, all right. What do you think? They got they got Booth. I think that's, that's what we good. I mean, they got Booth. Yeah. I so they, they get the they get the guy that they that we were all looking that's at at thirty four, and they get so they get their guy and some extra draft capital. Huh? Yeah, I feel better about it. I feel okay. better. No question about it. I okay. feel better as I see this unfold that they got a guy that, that we thought that they might take with that second pick swapping around. Uh, boy, this makes Spielman look like child play. Yeah, I never doubt a Quasi at all with this move. You know, he's just making his picks, and and I'm, I I love it. And uh, the engagement rate's great. The views are great on YouTube. Thank you, Quasi. This is say, phenomenal. Are, are we doing well? Because that's really the most important question here. Yeah, I think we're we're do, we're doing okay. Yes, and and if you guys are hanging out with us here on this Friday night, you know, cheers a surly to uh, to Judd there. Hey. And if you could click the subscribe button and the like button, and why don't you while you're at it, why don't you tell five of your Vikings loving friends that this is a fun, interactive, therapeutic community for Vikings fans. So should we should we go to the vent lines here again? Let's do it, man. All Let's right. go to Zach. Zach, what's up, man? What's up, man? Big hey, fan. Zach. Big fan. Thank you. Much appreciated. Uh, so with this booth pick, I like the pick. I think it's mm-hmm. great value. I'm curious, do you think George Pickens... Is going to fall to 59? Boy. I would be surprised. Maybe maybe they like him enough to trade up. You know, they got ammo. But I think I would be surprised if he fell that far. That's, that's 17 more picks. They're actually showing on NFL Network right now. Oh, man. Ziggy and Mark are sitting right in the middle of the Vikings draft room tonight. Just Ziggy just had a big, goofy, <laughs> mustached grin on his face. Just Wario just sitting there. Ziggy's going to talk about the pick. <laughs> Ziggy's going to talk. Ziggy's going to talk. I don't know. Yeah, Zach, so what? I mean, so you want a wide receiver is kind of what you're saying, right? I want a wide receiver. I want to go 98, three deep, yeah. three on replacement. And I feel like mm-hmm. with Pickens, like, at the beginning of the year, he was projected to go late, middle, first round. And I think that he has good speed, which this team, I feel like, needs, which you don't really have other than Jefferson. I'll give you some uh, some pick and steam here. So do you guys consume any of Greg Cosell's content? He's the he's a film guru for NFL films. and. Yep. Just uh, he basically just wakes up in the morning, eats a bowl of cereal, and then watches film for eighteen hours, and then goes to bed. And I heard him on a podcast before the draft, it's like a week before the draft, and they asked him, "Who is your number one receiver in the entire draft?" He said George Pickens, and that's one of the one of the smartest football film watchers in all of NFL media. So I don't know. I mean, he might be wrong, but he said, "Yeah, Pickens, if he's." if he's healthy going into the season would be his number one receiver of like of Drake London of the Ohio state guys. So I don't, it's just one man's opinion, but if he slips anywhere near 59, that's an interesting one. Would you trade back up for Pickens? <sighs> give up. Let's say you give up like a future fourth and your third this year. It's hmm. so hard to say. I mean, I probably what the hell. No. 
Yeah. No caution yes. to win. Yes, I would. <laughs> I mean, for all we know, Quaze is just flipping a coin. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I they, mean, they cut to the Vikings war room, and he's just like, our oh, best out of seven. <laughs> Heads, damn it. Ziggy's Zach, thank, talk about it. Thanks for coming on, Zach. We appreciate appreciate you listening and appreciate the love. All right, I'm, I'm trying to do the, the draft value chart for this latest oh, trade here, just boy. out of curiosity. So, okay, so 480. Dex, can you, do you have your calculator on your phone handy? Yes, I do. Do you trust what, me to enter this information? Yeah, what, what's 480 plus... Oh, I can do this one. 480 plus 50, that's 530. Okay, so I got that yep. one. Yep. Okay, what is 370 mm-hmm. plus 205... Mm-hmm. Plus 13. 5.88. 5.88. Okay, so in this particular trade, the Vikings got fleeced a little bit. Not fleeced, but the Vikings the Vikings gave up. They gave up like 50 more points according to the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart. Basically the equivalent of a fourth-round pick the, the Colts got over the Vikings here. But that's okay because they probably had Booth circled at 34 and they wind up getting him at, at 42 because Quasey is a mad scientist genius. You guys have not been able to see his genius clearly. He's going to blow the house up is what he's going to do. He could take, take him at 34. But at least he got I mean, at least he got him. So that's a good start, I guess. All right, who I, I is, can't be too high about this, but I do. Well, like but, but the, okay, but, if, but you said right before the show started, Andrew Booth, right? You said you wanted Andrew Booth. Yeah, no, Booth. I just said I can't be too high about it, but I like the fact that they got Andrew Booth. They got their guy and capital. Oh, who's next on Vikings Ventline? Yeah, let's go to Kyle. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing tonight? Good. How are what's you going doing? on, Kyle? Man, I'm doing great. Living my best life out here in Lubbock, Texas, home of Patrick Mahomes, baby. Nice, dude. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Hey, man. Um, hey, Mackie, uh, what was the pick that you said Mackenzie Alexander was earlier? He was the what I say fifty first pick. I want to say it's like yeah, yeah first or it, third or something. Okay, and you said it, the draft is a crapshoot, right? Yes, for the most okay, part. Okay, okay. What? Uh, uh, fifty fourth. He was the fifty fourth pick. Fifty fourth. I okay, see where you. Okay, I see where you're well, going. I, here. Da, da. I'm, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He went I'm to Clemson. Not, no, 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 no. I, and I'm on your side, by the way. FYI, I love moving all around the draft. I don't. It doesn't matter. To me, I think, um, you know, as everybody's stated previously, all the, the talking heads and everything like that, they, they said this draft isn't great, but what does this draft have? Depth. What are the Vikings acquiring? Picks so they can uh, build depth on that roster. So I love it, man. I, I mean, you know, I wanted Malik Willis. We didn't get him. That's, I mean, it's whatever. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with Judd on that taking the quarterback uh, higher in 23, um, you know, because it's going to be uh, – I'm sorry, it's going to be uh, a little bit more loaded in that 23 class. You know, one um, thing real quick about Mackenzie Alexander that I found – this is just neither here nor there, but remember when they drafted him and, yeah. you know, you go Clemson and, and, and people were like, well, but he, he doesn't have any interceptions. He played yeah. two full seasons for Clemson. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he have an intercept? Not even one? Like, where's the interceptions? And everyone's like, well, they never – he was such a shutdown corner that that the opposing quarterbacks just didn't throw the ball his way, and so once he gets to the NFL, then you know he's gonna gonna rack up interceptions. Well, last year he wound up being, I think, the, like one of the three worst cornerbacks graded by PFF. So the lesson learned there is, if you can't pick off a pass in college, 
maybe you're not a second-round pick. I don't know. Andrew Booth, by the way, had three picks last year as a junior, so at least he has intercepted a pass so before. So we've got that, that before, box is that what you're telling yeah. us? Yeah. <laughs> and I love his athletic ability. I mean, you you saw the highlights. They that he's got a, he's got a nice vertical, uh, good hands too, and uh, he's got better hands than any uh, receiver on the Bears roster. So. <laughs> That's, That's not hard. <laughs> no, unfortunately. No. no, you know what else? You know what else he has? According to NFL.com, he has feet that are very agile and twitchy, and he slides and slows release from press very well. Slides and what? That's me on he, Saturday. He uh, he has burst and length that helps him close out a catch point. Okay, and he maintains positioning and contorts to challenge throws. So if you're not if you're not contorting to challenge throws, you're not even living close to your best. So is that like you're like this sometimes, and then sometimes you're bent over this way, but you're always challenging? Okay. Yeah. So 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 he's got slippery hips. Yeah, slippery, oily, you know, oily hips, oily hips. Yep. Love it. No comment. I only get myself in trouble there. Thank you. Thanks for coming on from Texas, representing Vikings fans in the great state of Texas. The the Vikings are still sitting here, what, 15 picks away now that Houston's on the clock. And just to recap here, no, so again, no quarterbacks, right? Malik Willis is still on the board. This is remarkable. This is weird, man. So the market completely, the, the actual market itself actually just completely disagreed with, with the pundits who thought that he'd be gone at some point, or a lot of them did, in, in the first round. I mean, Malik Willis at one point, by a few people was mocked second to Detroit overall. Yeah, yeah. Like this is a remarkable disconnect between the mockers and the actual teams. A little bit of a run on wide receivers here. We've had back-to-back receivers after the Vikings took Andrew Booth Jr. So the Giants took Wandale Robinson, receiver from Kentucky, and then the Texans just took John Mechie the third wide receiver from Alabama, and that puts the Ravens on the clock with the 45th pick. Okay. By the way, one note on uh, Andrew Booth from PFF. He played 334 snaps without giving up a catch of on a 20-yard-plus throw. So 334 snaps without giving up a catch on a 20-yard throw at Clemson. So they're sitting here. They've got, they, they, you know, they took, I like these big schools too, right? Like there's, you know, sometimes these guys are bust, but you're talking about, you know the best programs in college football right now are Georgia, Alabama, Clemson had a down year last year, but Clemson, Ohio State's in that mix. So taking top dog players from some of these programs doesn't always work out, but it's an interesting strategy here. But you now have gone from on paper having a really thin quarter, uh, cornerback room, right? Where you got three guys that you're kind of okay with starting. You know, Patrick Peterson is getting pretty old and. You know, you sign the uh, the slot cornerback from Green Bay and Cam Dantzler. I, I think Cam Dantzler is a legit starting cornerback, but you know, we, you know, we don't know what caliber he's going to be. So now you've got some depth. You got you got mm-hmm. you got Booth coming in here, and then your safety room is outstanding. I mean, I I really like Cam Bynum, and now that and and now you just spent a first round pick too here. So the secondary it it just feels like a fuller room of competent players here than it did forty eight hours ago to me, anyways. And ho- hopefully, in the case of Booth, there will be more um, opportunity for development than what, what we saw from from Dantzler thus far. Because I agree. I mean, there's a good chance that he, he can play, but he certainly did a, didn't get a full chance to develop when things went sort of sideways last year. And Gladney was cut after one year. So 
you know, if you do this right from a coaching standpoint too, j- just as far as development goes, you've got a pretty good shot. I wonder too. So if, if they're going to end up with um, a, quite a few picks in this draft, what that ultimately is going to mean that they actually think about the 2021 draft class. Cause I mean that to go back to our conversations about that, there's a lot of players there. Like there yeah. is a lot of players, but there, but it's a lot of players. We don't know if they're good. And I, I don't know if we talked about this on or off the mic today. I think it was off. But the reality is, as far as I know, all of that practice film is saved. And so, like, they, they can go back and watch that. So, like, you can come to some, not full conclusions, but you can start to make conclusions if, if you go back and watch practice film as to what guys are capable of. Yeah. Okay, you know who's addressing the media right now for the Vikings? Ryan Grigson. Former Colts GM, he works in the Vikings front Ooh, office. First now. time he's been ro- rolled out in front of in front of the, the local media, right? Yeah, he just said, "I'm just for? just getting this from the Vikings Twitter account." You've got to find the sweet spot, and I think Quasey did and went and got our guy in Andrew Booth. He also he was, the, he, he was the guy we wanted. He also says he loves football and he's a football junkie. Yeah, Grigson on Andrew Booth. Oh, on That's Booth, good. I thought Grigson was t- talking about Grigson. I'm a football junkie. I love yeah. the sport. So he also it was core muscle surgery that was the the most Ooh. recent injury for Booth. Quote from Gregson: that? We felt comfortable with his medicals. And when was the uh, core muscle surgery? Does it say? I, I, I don't know exactly when this okay. took place. Yeah. So all right, who's next on? What's turned into now Vikings vent line here on Purple Let's Daily? Let's go to Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hey guys, what's, what's up? up? What's going on? Yeah. I, I had to pull out my WWF uh, cup for this oh particular God. day, oh, especially after that? last night. Can you hold that up? What is that? What's on there? It's got Roddy. Oh, hot rod. We got Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> wow. Jake the Snake. And Jake the Snake. Jake the and I'm snake. drinking out of a boba straw because I need <laughs> that's, great. that's how quickly it needs to be ingested today. Yeah, you got to open, yeah. open the gate on a night like tonight. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah i guess uh it's worth it although i just now so that's nice but yeah. i like the pick but i i don't know i don't like the behavior it reminds me too much of spielman and it kind of makes me think that maybe he, he wasn't running the show either maybe it's the wills that are sitting in that room right now with questy who's not even speaking for himself i mean i don't know what to say about this <laughs> yeah. well I, all, th- all three of you now no, no, nicole has joined you this roving Good. gang of anti quasi i'll defend crazy on this they yeah they i, I well I, I try to be positive but it just season after season it just beats the crap out of you and i'm 40 years old and it's been 40 years of this crap and i'm just I'm as tired as everybody is probably. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. The injury makes me nervous because injuries make me nervous, and it feels like we're just cursed with that kind of stuff. So I guess we'll see. I don't know. But I, I would really like for us to do something about our O-line. I feel like we're in purgatory with O-line for the last 10 years. I don't know what we're supposed to do about that. I just wish they would address it on a serious yeah. note. Yeah, well, Nicole, thanks for coming on. Uh, the 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 boba straw is a great that's a great smart play there. That's that is a high drinking yeah. IQ play there from you. So yes, the sergeant agrees. So yeah, <laughs> have a good one, you. guys. You too. All right, Judd, go ahead. Oh, I, I was gonna say I'll defend Quasi. Uh, they often send out, and this is not just a Vikings thing. Uh, teams often send out different executives and draft expert people in the room to talk. So, like, he, he came out and talked after the first round, 
and he is scheduled to talk after the conclusion of the draft for the Vikings tonight. So I will defend him completely there. Like Grigson or in in the past, uh, back in the day, Studwell would come out and talk. So like this is he's not ducking things. He's I think just, he's ducking. I think he's a coward. He's a coward. Different people. Uh, but she's Based forty. Music. But she's a forty. She's forty. She's a kid. I'm fifty two. I mean, get in line, Nicole. <laughs> oh, get in wow. line. I got twelve years on you of this absolute <laughs> crap. So yeah, uh, the offensive line, other than center, I'm just not that down on it right now. I think I think they addressed right guard sufficiently i'm not positive i really like the uh tackles i think ezra cleveland is absolutely fine like i think he gets lumped in with well they all suck i i don't think he sucks he he's he's, played right guard he played left guard yeah but i mean i think he is i i think he's at a point in his career where he's average but there's a huge room to improve and ascend right Mm -hmm. so i think if center gets addressed in this draft sufficiently I think it's okay. I really do. I mean, those tackles are damn good now. Yeah, and actually, one well, of the could be okay. I mean, or good, I should say. One of the guests who was who was live last night from Surly on Ventline, he came up and he made a. First of all, he ranted about the the UT Chattanooga guard that went to the Patriots yeah. in the first round, the one that Sean McVay and Les Snead were kind of laughing about in yeah. the in the viral clip. Yes. But then he made a really good point about the Rams offense line. He was saying this as sort of a a knock on the Vikings offensive lines and and as a hopeful thing saying the Rams were one of they were the best at preventing pressure as an offensive line. Yep. And they and they don't have any pro bowlers. So they you don't need super high end talent along your offensive line to be great collectively. You just need to avoid weak links. And that's been the Vikings' huge kryptonite along the offensive line. You look along, and it's like, God, Ole Udo is just shipwrecking. He's got 12 penalties, and he's he's just a swinging gate, and then Garrett Bradbury can't pass protect. So you don't need to go from Bradbury to Matt Burke in his prime. Right. That would be nice. You need to go from Bradbury to someone who's average and Ole Udo to someone who's average. And I think with Chris Reed, the veteran that they signed from the Colts in free agency, they might now have an average right guard. They definitely have an above-average right tackle in Brian O'Neill. Christian Derrissaw was very good down the stretch the last five or six games, and he should get better. And Ezra Cleveland, I think, is kind of a league-average left guard. So if you've got average guards and maybe above-average tackles and you can get the center position elevated, and they might still draft a center here with one of the next two or three picks, I'm cool with the offensive line, too. Better scheme, better coaching, better players. I'm going to assume that the guard positions and tackles are are sufficient now, if yeah. not above that. So, like, I know, like, I, I think that we need to, to get to a point where if center gets addressed in this draft, that Kirk has the line he needs. Yeah. Because the, these guys aren't going to set Kirk up to fail. Like, they're going to give him a line that they think can work, and they're yeah. going to care about that. A couple more picks off the board here. So David Ajabo, the, uh, the edge rusher from Michigan, he mm-hmm. does wind up going 45th overall to the Baltimore Ravens. And then the Commanders are taking Alabama defensive lineman Fidarian Mathis. So we're kind of, we're kind of flying here. It's kind of crazy here. So we're now to the Bears back on the clock at pick 48. The Vikings are 11 picks away with their next pick here in the, seventh, in the, in the second round. I love the second, third round. 
and then day oh, three. Oh, now you love the second passed. third no, round. Now I you, like the speed of it. You wanted, you wanted one pick yeah, early. I Chris Angel off the stage. I get him <laughs> off the stage. And I so want you pick. just wanted Chris Angel off the stage. Declan's just Declan has like you know ADD and just needs a pick right now. Yeah, like, I'm the, am I the only patient, rational one here tonight? What is uh, happening? Yeah, rational, I don't know. Yeah, patient maybe, but... Um... <laughs> All right. Well, who's Trying next? Maybe we can find a rational, game patient game. person here on Vikings Ventline. Who's next? Let's go to uh, Jake. Jake, what's up, man? Oh, you're uh, you're muted on on the on the site. You just got to unmute yourself, and then uh, you'll be good. There we go. Yeah, what's going good, on? man? How are you? So, I paid no attention to the pre-draft process. So I feel like I'm coming in a little bit with like just the, the draft itself as the interesting part. I'm going to be honest, guys. For the first round, I do not care about losing draft capital to the Lions, even if they are in the NFC North. It's the Lions. Thank you. We all know that even if they draft another Megatron, they're the Lions. They're they're the dumpster fire of, of the NFC North for a reason. I was a little more upset about the Packers, but then I do what I always do when I'm feeling angry and not understanding something about what the Vikings do is I go and I look at Reef's Twitter and uh, Arif managed to calm me down a little bit, saying that if you're going to fleece anybody when you want it to be a division rival. And I kind of saw his logic there. Um, personally, I think it's a good thing when we get another second rounder and still get the guy we wanted eight, eight uh, picks later. Um, so I think Mackey is right about draft capital in that way. Is if you're playing the board in a way that you can still get the picks you want, that's really what matters. They took a calculated risk, and it paid off for them. I would not be surprised if they either get another second rounder somehow or if they trade back for another trade into the third round again. I don't see – I know this is their first time in this regime doing a draft, but I really don't see them giving any kind of crap about fifth, sixth, or seventh round picks. Um uh, we're not dealing with Rick where all we have are seventh round picks. I would not be surprised if we end the draft with no seventh round picks. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're just going to keep trading up into the mid rounds as much as physically possible. Yeah. And if that meant trading back and losing a blue chip player in the second round to take uh, more possible B grade players in the second and third, I think that's what they're going to do. And I, I think we're way too early to judge that kind of decision until we see at least a season later. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but that's just me. See, I was looking for rational people to come on here, and Jake has brought the rational to the table. <laughs> I was going to say, need he, to on it. And, what if the, and what if the Packers actually won that trade, though? What if the Packers got a receiver who's going to be Aaron Rodgers' top target for years to come, and every time he catches a pass, they're going to say, and that comes from a guy that they got from the Vikings. This is assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay with the Packers long term, and it's also assuming that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to piss off another wide receiver. I will say that. I like that. That's all I'm saying is that there is a precedent, right? So – um, I don't trust the Packers' ability to re- maintain and, and retain wide receivers at all. They're terrible at it. They've proven to be terrible at it um, until they can either get a new QB or get Rogers' ego under control. Ho-ho. We all know that's never going to happen. I was going to so. say, the second one's not going to happen. So oh, no, it's not. I- I'm just saying this is a hypothetical. I'm not saying the hypothetical is actually going to come true. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> 
Hey, you. great stuff, man. Thanks for coming Thank on you. tonight. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the time, guys. Bringing some logic and some reason to Purple Daily here tonight. Uh, we should also, while we have a chance, shout out another one of our partners here that helps keep the lights on, keep us employed, keep this community growing. Golf USA has jumped on board here, Declan. Yeah, Golf USA. It's locally owned. It's in Eden Prairie. It's right there on the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. And right now, through this Saturday, they have deals on over 10,000 items, new and used. You're looking for a new bag? Need a new golf bag? Quasi, you know, if you want to start getting some golfing out there, you can go do that. You want a little more apparel to have a better tie with that suit? You can go potentially do that as well. Get a nice polo maybe there. Uh, Golf USA. I like to look good when I golf. I know I can't golf very well, so I like to look good. Go check them out. Because Golf USA can help you out as well. They're on the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. They're locally owned and managed. Golf USA. Shout out, too, to our friends at Dennis Kirk. So, yeah, the weather's breaking here a little bit today, in the mid-50s or so in the Twin Cities. And Dennis Kirk is all about helping you. If you like to ride a Harley, Indian, Metro Cruiser, Sport Bike, uh, they're here to help you find what you need at DennisKirk.com. Free shippings on orders over $89. If you're Ragnar out there, okay, you're looking for some more gear, when you're riding around, you know, over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. That's actually pretty good right there. That's, Thanks, I pal. appreciate it. Thank That's you. why I shut up. Good, 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 good Same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. Dennis Kirk. Ride more, wait less at DennisKirk.com. The Bears have taken, drum roll here. <laughs> Penn State safety Jaquan Brisker is off the board. Okay. So we are now sitting. The Saints are on the clock at pick 49 right now. No Malik Willis. This is incredible. This is. There's only one quarterback, right? One quarterback? Can he pick it at 20 to Pittsburgh? Is it? So this truly was a week, at least in the way that it's been judged to this point. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. One of the weaker. When's the last time we had one quarterback in the top 48 picks? God, I mean, I'd have to go way back. I'm going to find that. The, the The Chiefs are on the clock after the Saints, and that's where you might see a wide receiver here. You might see a wide receiver run at some point here. Sky Moore is on the board. George Pickens is on the board. So if you're a Vikings fan waiting for one of these wide receivers to fall, you might have to trade up All right. and beat the Saints to it or beat the um, the Chiefs to it or cross your fingers if there's not a run here. All right, I'm going to take a guess. I'm I'm going to, and so far my guesses have been completely wrong, so don't. this is not a write that down. I'm going to guess that if he's available that the Vikings take Cam Jurgens. Oh, they're going to go for the center in the I think second round here. The Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because you're probably right. There's probably going to be a run on receivers. And Cam Jurgens had a great pro day, and pro days matter a lot now. So yeah. I'm going to guess Cam Jurgens. Yeah. Uh, on that quarterback question here, so I'm going. I'm going back in the history here. So there was 1957. Ah, everybody, it's Bobby Lane was drafted by the Detroit Lions. Ah. Is that Night Train Lane or is that a different lane? Bobby Lane. Is Bobby Lane the same as Night Train Lane, or are those two? Different no, lanes? that's Dick Night Train Lane, I believe. Okay. So we had we had one. five first round quarterbacks last year, four in 2020, three in 2019, five in 18, three, three. This is nuts, dude. Two in 15. It might be early 2000s. Two, okay, 2013. Yep. EJ Manuel oh, yeah. went 16th. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. And then Geno Smith was in the second round, at, but he was the 39th pick, so, so we're, we're well past that at this point. Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. I'll keep looking at this, but let's bring uh, somebody else in on competition extras. Vikings Let's go to uh, let's go to our guy Nate. Hey, what's up? What's buddy? up, Nate? What's going on, guys? How are you? Good. Man. We're good, man. We're, we're this is a great. Kaprizov just tallied his hundred seventh career or point of the season. Wild up to nothing. Yeah, but they've lost two players. Kulikov and got got hurt and and no. Felino hurt his right leg. He couldn't skate off the ice. Uh-oh. That's no good. No, that's not good at all. Two guys hurt. Yeah. That's a, that's a buzz kill. <laughs> uh, I love the, it. I'm, the, I'm in and I'm killing buzzes. That's what I'm here for. The year 2000 <laughs> is the last time. So the year 2000, See? Chad Pennington went 18th overall. Yeah. And then Giovanni Carmazzi was the next quarterback off oh the board at 65. <laughs> he was yeah. a third-round pick. Oh, my God. So we got to go back to the year 2000, the last time that. <laughs> Who did Giovanni get picked by? The 49ers. Those are the Niners, yeah. He wow. went to Hofstra. Yeah. Gio Carmazzi. Sounds like Jay a mob them. boss or something. Anyhow, all right, Nate, what's going on with you? You know, I'm uh, I'm not. I'm not. So last night I went and I talked with some buddies, and uh, at first I, I was like, what is going on? Are we having Spielman 2.0? We all had this question. That's what we all looked at it and we're like, well, this is just the same thing that we've always had. Um, but now that we've moved into the second round and I've had a moment to think and digest um, both Surly and uh, <laughs> other uh, beverages, I'm seeing kind of a madness that I don't think we've thought about. Right. So we talked about Quasi analytics coming from a stock market background. Quasi's playing with these draft picks like stock market. So he he dropped out. Like so, as soon as I saw the top two cornerbacks go, I was like, "We will probably not stay at 12. And I, I'm not why I'm not sure why I was surprised or why I was upset because it happened. It exactly happened that way. And then so we fell back into the 32nd. Now I say that actually is a really great example of like showing how depth filled, as you guys had indicated earlier, this this draft is actually going to be rather than these top name, top end, you know, super mega stars. The Quasi looked at it and said, you know what, I think we're again, I know we're running it back a lot, but I think he saw it and said, you know what, we're going to go ahead and just step all the way back get our druthers, get all these picks, figure out what we're going to do in the second and third round because I think that's where he thought he was going to make the boat the most. Because if you do look at right long-term statistical values on second and third round picks, there are higher numbers of Pro Bowl players out of the second and third round than there are first round. So, like, overall, like, complete overall, you know, and so I think what you're seeing is, like, this analytic portion of, like, he's going to find a better value in a player that's going to play longer term than probably, again, it's probably all kinds of wild stuff, like value to contract. Like these are first round guys. They're going to command huge contracts later on when they may not be a value that could be helpful for them. And these second and third round guys, they're just thankful that they're even getting into football yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I think so. Nate, let's thanks for coming on, dude. I want to respond yeah. to some of these points here and, and that's some great commentary. It's kind of what I was trying to say earlier is that and and it and it changes from draft to draft and so I'm kind of I'm kind of making up the the end points here but there is high impact potential talent between picks let's say 1 and 15 where you know not all those guys are going to pan out cuz some of them are going to be bust but like there's just there's Miles Garrett caliber players sitting in there and not that you can't get players like Daniel Hunter later on too 
Mm-hmm. But there there comes a point where it's like a hockey stick, right? If you lay a hockey stick sort of flat, the first through 15th picks are the curve of the hockey stick. That's mm-hmm. where the highest end talent is. And then once the stick flattens out, let's say around pick 20 or 25 or wherever it is, mm-hmm. it kind of carries through into like the middle of the third round. And yeah, there might there might be some better players or or higher percentage lottery tickets late in the first round, early in the second round. But the gap isn't nearly as wide from, let's say, pick 27 through pick 60 as it is pick 27 compared to pick 5. And Quasi is saying, let's put a bunch of chips. Listen, we, we, we missed out on the, the hockey stick curve. So let's put a bunch of chips on this other part of the draft. Let's get two extra picks during this other part of the draft and maximize our chances to get impact players. The other thing, too, is I know we're all crapping on Mike Zimmer and he got fired and everything, but Mike Zimmer was adamant the week before the season last year and before training camp. He said it multiple times. He didn't like the depth on this team, mm-hmm. and he clearly didn't like the draft class from 2001, too. So you know, Mike Zimmer was right. When the Vikings, a couple guys get hurt here and there, and all of a sudden the pass rush goes to dust, right? And the secondary can't stop anybody. And the offensive line has to put slappies in, and Oliudo is starting, so... They don't have amazing depth, but they have a bunch of young players that we're still curious about. Right. But there's a difference between having a bunch of young players that we're curious about and having solidified depth. So they might still be looking at this, led by Quasi, Quasi and the collaborators, mm-hmm. and saying, all right, there's a bunch of young players here, but we still need more depth. And so let's go get an extra second, let's go get an extra third, and let's build this thing out. Right, and I would feel di- differently about this conversation if they also hadn't traded back 20 spots in the, the first round. I, I'm just trying to pick up on patterns here, and some of, some of the patterns will be fine, and some are going are gonna to be flawed. So, like, that's what I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see what's flawed and what's not, just because from a sports standpoint, the flawed things are going to have, have to be fixed. Um, but, I mean, yeah, we're going to get to a point here starting in the third round, which is an important round, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, where it's going to become much more of a crapshoot. And just to go back on what um, I think it was a couple of guests, uh, guest appearance people said uh, ago is I don't agree that the fifth round is, is a punting round. Like the seventh round, I get. Okay, the seventh round is just total. Might be a free agent guy that, that can be signed after the draft. Might be a guy that gets uh, drafted and cut in training camp. But I think that I think you're talking about a serious um, issue of trying to find players for depth purposes who can be productive through at least five rounds. Yeah. So 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 like I I don't get to the past round four and think oh screw it now like I yeah. think that you have to have the personnel in place where where you are where you are don't think that you're guessing until like halfway through round six because you can definitely find viable players starters in round five. Yeah, you're very rarely cutting someone, a rookie, out of training camp that's a fourth or a fifth round pick. It's happened. Willie Beavers got cut. Yeah. They had a the gopher linebacker from like 10 years ago, Nate. Uh, Lehman? Or no, 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 not Lehman. That was, um, Jay, that was that? Jay Lehman from Jay Illinois. Le- yeah, yeah. Who's I think he was a seventh guy. rounder. Yeah, you're, you're cutting Nate sixth. Nate Triplett, yep. That's who it was. He, yep. he was a fifth round pick, got cut. But you're, you're cutting sixth and seventh rounders oftentimes, yeah. but yeah. you're not really cutting fifth rounders. The, uh, the the Saints drafted Tennessee cornerback Alante Taylor, and then the Patriots just traded up with the Chiefs to get into the 50th slot, the 18th pick in the second round. Okay. So the, the Patriots are on the clock, followed by the Eagles-Steelers at 20, 
They already took a quarterback. Malik Willis is still on the board for somebody. I'm going to run and get uh, a bathroom break in the mix here and a glass of water, but if you, you got, guys want to want to carry on with the vent line. Of course we it. will. Who, who's next, Declan? Yeah, let's go to let's go to uh, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? Outstanding. Good, okay, so I got a question for you. If Vikings yeah. could go quarterback, wide receiver, or linebacker, because I still have my thoughts on the Kobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still out there. I so so you're asking us to rank those positions to do a rank them. Yeah. Okay. I'm going wide receiver first, quarterback, linebacker third, and here's why. Well, I believe that what we are seeing, sort of league wide, but certainly based off of what we saw in the first round last night. I believe that we're seeing the linebacker position as we know it be redefined. So I don't think that you need to take one soon. I would, I still don't think with Thielen aging and hurt. And I mean, we need to to keep in mind, Adam Thielen gets hurt now. Like he is, he's, he's good when he plays, but if he can't play, he's no good. So KJ Osborne, I like, and I think he's turned into a nice player, but I will warn you, I think if you get into a consistent, okay, Thielen's hurt, Osborne is the next man up, that that's going to get to be a lot. So personally, Declan, I would go wide receiver, mm-hmm. quarterback, not that you're going to take one now, but I think because of how safeties are being treated, the linebacker depth is probably more sufficient than we originally thought. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Judd too on that, Matthew. I, th- I think you. I've kind of been locked up with him. And, and number one, wide receivers and quarterbacks just make more impact plays. And look, if if Malik Willis is still there by the time <laughs> the Vikings roll around here in about seven, eight picks, like I, I the, the temptation is there for sure. Obviously, the wide receiver is more of an impact need and an immediate need, so that could still help uh, step in and make a bigger impact than Malik Willis. Because even if you draft any quarterback, whether it's Willis or anyone else. They're obviously going to sit for a year, if not two. It's also most likely an insane indictment on Kellen Mond that Mike Zimmer kind of, unfortunately, even though didn't go about it in the best way, publicly shaming him, but was right on Kellen Mond. Um, Because you know O'Connell and Kwesi have been watching tape on him and studying all this type of film on him. Um, So if they take a quarterback, I'd be for it, but I would would prioritize a wide receiver before I'd get there. You? Cool. Your thoughts? Um... I would agree with both of you. I think originally I thought linebacker was a need, but no wide receivers. A huge need if Thielen's getting up and like exactly. he's like 32, almost 33. I would fully support like George Pickens. Like you, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you can't pass him up. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Awesome, Matthew. Enjoy your Friday. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I just the linebacker position I think is being – I'm not trying to say it's not important. I do think it's I, – I think defenses, Declan, are going so – to use a basketball term, multiple now, though, in how guys are used. Like, I think the Vikings are going to provide a lot of really interesting looks that aren't going to be the traditional looks. Um, and I think the fact that they're going to use a 3-4 base doesn't mean that they won't use dime and go to, you know, at times six – defensive backs so i think what we're seeing is that they're going to draft guys and basically have their defense based on on safeties who can do who can do more things probably that the parallel is harrison smith has done for a while now but it's going to be more guys who 
can do those type of things. By the way, another run and wide receivers the Patriots have taken a Tyquan Thornton, I believe it is, from Baylor. Baylor University. Yep. So, um, so yeah, the run and wide receivers could start here too. And, yeah, back to your point of impact players, just, yeah, linebacker doesn't do it. Not, not to say it's not a very important piece because the, the Vikings have right. to figure that out as well. But, yeah, I would yeah. prioritize uh, the other two there. Judd, let's go to um, – Go back to the phones, if you will. Here, let's go to uh, let's go to hey, uh, Bradley. What's up, everyone? Bradley, how are you doing? Good man, how are you? Good, good. Awesome. Big fan of the show for many years. Appreciate and, that. And uh, been a Vikings uh, fan since '98. My story uh, becoming a Viking fan was uh, was the '98 Thanksgiving Day. That's oh. when I converted Gallivant. into being a part of the Purple, and I'm not never, never turning back. And uh, I, I have to agree with Phil. <laughs> Um, I, I think that there is great value by trading back, but I want depth for our team because what disappointed me was that the anticipation of having so many picks last year mm-hmm. and not to see see at least at least at least twenty percent of them play um, and had not great of impact on the season disappointed me. And so, what's the point of the mindset of Rick uh, to have accumulation of picks? At the value that they were, at they were, at they were uh, placed, and then not play him. Wyatt Davis, uh, that just it hit me. That, there was a need there, and he didn't play him. So I think the strategy that they're having is that they're just trading back to see what's the depth and the value of these can be plug plug uh, plug and uh, play players. And I think that's needed. I mean, look at their history. I mean, we've gotten very fortunate as a as a as an organization that we drafted a lot of value um, in the later rounds. Daniel Hunter. Um, Stephon Diggs, and they turn out to be, you know, superstars in terms of their rightful positions. Uh, but I think in terms of what we should do is that uh, we should just hold tight. I know a lot of fans were very upset. Um, I kind of, my heart just jumped out of my, out of my body when we traded back and we didn't yeah. get the first round pick of next year. Now I do agree with you, Judd. I was really wanting that first round pick of next year. Cause I want to be like, Hey, if we can go all in and considered Caleb Williams, Stroud, and Bryce Young, hey, I'm all in. But this year, considering what's left, I mean, you haven't heard Malik Willis', Willis name, Matt Corral. Um, I know Phil was on, uh, like a few months ago, was uh, looking up tape on the Carson Strong. Hey, if he, I need a guy who has a big arm. I, I'm not a big, hey, I'm not a crusader. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins at all. I wanted him gone two years ago. But for right now, I feel as if. Um, that uh, since we have him, um, I think it's a it's a this is a win now mode, and this is I think this is one year for Kirk. If, if he doesn't do what he needs to do, it's time to look to the future. And I agree with Judd that we need to look to the future. And if it starts tonight with one of the quarterbacks, because Desmond Ritter's out there, if Malik is gone, because I think he's going to be gone, I mean shortly. And, and there's a temptation, but what 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 can we say? Um, you know, we're looking for that franchise QB. I'm tired of getting rentals. I'm tired of getting persons from other teams to solidify our franchise. We need that staple piece. I can be a fan for 10 years and hang them up on my wall saying that, hey, I I live to see a Patrick Mahomes. I live to see a Josh Allen. Yeah. It would be, I mean, exactly. Culpepper is like the closest thing we ever came exactly. to. Two, exactly. exactly. Two, pick, two picks of note here for Vikings fans back to back. The Eagles just selected Nebraska center Cam Jurgens with the 51st pick. There's Judd's guy Judd's off the board. Back out. And then the Steelers came right back and selected wide receiver George Pickens. So those Pick are two names that we've we've kind of speculated on, talked about. 
and we knew they were going to be in and around this area, and they go back-to-back, I don't know, eight picks in front of the Vikings' next selection. So, And I don't think... So PFF actually had Jurgens as their third best center on their yeah, big board. So the last night, and Donovan West, the center from Arizona State, was ahead of Cam Jurgens. I don't believe he has gone yet here in the second round. So, and, and if I could just say my last point, I just yeah. want these guys to play. Put them on the field. Let's not just have them sitting around and say, "Oh, they look good in practice." That was a really upset with upsetting last year. Is that? Yeah. Oh, you're hearing. Oh, why Davis is going well? He's looking good. But we don't have there's no tape on them, so we need the tape. We need these guys to be plug and play players. If they turn out to be you know Pro Bowl players or they become to be um, players that you know that we can have in for our future for the next three, at least two to three years, you know, and we'll, we'll evaluate this uh, this draft in at least three years by now. But I mean, I just want these guys to be out here uh, on the field, put in situations where they can succeed. I mean, I need to see Kane. You know, he it was amazing in special teams, but now at this point. It's time to move him, and, and and I agree with you guys. You know, I I, I we got to make some uh, great uh, these serious decisions after this year. Um, again, JJ has to stay. By all means, move heaven and earth to keep him. But hey, if Dalvin has to go, I mean, he's great. He's a great player, but he's not worth the value at his at his position. Yeah. And uh, if if we can utilize these guys that we're drafting and plug them in, and they're getting them for cheap. Hey, it's, it's gravy now because we can focus on the f- number one piece that we have unsuccessfully have had in our franchise. Even though we've had Targenton, we've had great players, you know, in terms of um, uh, Cole Pepper, uh, Brett Favre, 2009. That was just my heartbreaker. I mean, I mean, I mean, that, that, that was everything. But I want the guy that we can have him with the fifth year option. Um, but, hey, if these guys can that 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 they're evaluating we're trusting in these scouts to understand what they're doing and i hope that they understand that hey we're not just trying to get guys here we want guys who can be successful in whatever yeah. they're asked and they're assigned to do so yeah bradley call, awesome stuff dude thanks for coming on we'll definitely get you on vent line again sometime here let's um the let's see so the steelers we just went through the back-to-back picks that do have an impact on the vikings and right now, the Colts are back on the clock with the 53rd pick, which is what they traded. Uh, the Vikings traded the 53rd pick to the Colts to get Booth with the 46th. Let's bring our friend in here from NBC Sports Edge. He is Thor Nystrom, draft expert and enthusiast extraordinaire. What's going on, Thor? What's up, guys? How are you doing? We're Cheers. rocking it here tonight. I Judd, too. Judd is, is back on the Surleys here. <laughs> Judd's always on the Surleys. You gotta love yeah, it. Nothing. Exactly. I'm, I'm consistent, Thor. I'm consistent. You truly are. So let's so we and we should get your thoughts too on what happened last night. But let's start with you know right out of the gate here, the Vikings. The Vikings trade back with the Green Bay Packers. They trade the 34th for the 53rd and the 59th, and then they swing a trade back up to the 42nd. And 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 so we you know we kind of went into the second round saying, boy, Andrew Booth, you know, he's ranked what 23rd on the PFF board. So it's a position of need. That'd be kind of interesting at 34. So they wind up actually getting him at 42 and some extra draft capital. So let's start with that. Just all the maneuvering that they did to wind up with Booth. What do you think about it? I like it. You know, the the, the trade that they had made with Detroit, the, the one issue that sort of in the moment that I have with it is traditionally looking back at, at some of the compensation package. Well, both, I mean, both in this class and then that we've seen over the last decade, it's a little bit less than you would expect to move down 20 slots whether or not it's with a division rival or not. However, you know, the, the point I was trying to make about that is 
in this class where it was considered weak was at the very top, right? Where it was considered very strong, the power alley of this class, any evaluator you talk to between like the middle of the second round and the fifth round. And then, I mean, even deeper than that, like I think this is going to be one of the better UDFA classes we've seen in recent years. And and really that was just, a, it's a contextual thing. In 2020, the NCAA did the, the waiver of the eligibility year. So last year we had the, the one third, the class size or whatever, in terms of declarees, just in terms of the, the aggregate number. Uh, this year we have more players in the class. And so you have the more of the depth, right? Like um, the, the idea that this was a crappier class, that idea was just sort of for the top. And so you look at the, the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, for instance, which said that, that we didn't, the Vikings didn't give value on that trade with the Lions. Th- that thing is something that remains static from year to year. It doesn't consider the context of, for instance, the class that you're picking in, right? So, so the fact that this class is weaker up top and is and is the, the picks later on are going to be way more valuable. That's not baked into something like that. So it was it was sort of a jury out on that. I thought the pick at 32, uh, right, 30, 31. Where, where was scene taken? He was uh, 32. 30, 32. 32. Thought that pick was awesome. I, I thought that pick was absolutely fabulous. I loved Louis Seen as a player. Um, so I mean, th- that was an awesome start. And then the the trade back, they recouped way more value, you know, than than the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, the, the one with the Packers or whatever. And then the move going up for Booth, where you know Kyler Gordon had already been taken at that point. Booth was by far the best cornerback available. And after Booth, it jumps it, like the the thing drops off. Not the talent level. But it, it drops way off in terms of uh, guarantees, right? Because now you're going to the, the project corners, the guy, the boomer bus, right? Like the Tariq Wollins, the Zion McCollums, the Joshua Williamses, like the long outside guy, the measurable guys that you're taking a shot on. Booth was the last – Booth ain't a sure thing, but he was sure, certainly the, the last thing that was close to that. And if he hits his ceiling, you got something on your hands. Like, so I, I rank Booth in the, like, mid-30s or something like that, a little bit lower than some. But the only reason for that is he's young. You know, I mean, p- people will say that, and sometimes it's a positive it's in his evaluation. of he's, he's one of the younger players in this class. He has a lot of growing to do. But the, the part about the growing, last year he got bodied up by NC State and, and in a couple other games. But he got, he, he got worked over pretty good by this, this kid, Emeka Mezzi on – on NC State and some of their other ancillary receivers, Ameka Mezzi, he ain't going to get drafted in this class. But in other games, you've seen Andrew Booth erasing people. So he he's the upside play. There are so many different tools to work with with him. Based on the upside, I comped him to Marlon Humphrey. And the fact that you could get him where they got him, slam dunk. I, I mean, like, because the slot is already baking in the idea of his potential not making it. Right, because you bought him at a discount. I, I love that move. Is Booth an uh, outside corner, inside absolutely. guy? What? What's outside? His... Outside, okay. bo- yeah, outside boundary guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's so you can pretty safely kind of ease him in. You don't have to. Dantzler and Peterson can be your outside corners to start, right? And then and then sort of see what happens as the season progresses. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, you know, if, if if they need him to try to start him out in the slot, we'll see, you know, how, how he does in there. Um, but, you know, I think long-term, absolutely, you're looking – or, you, you know, you're taking him with the idea that he's going to be a long-term boundary guy. So, you know, obviously this coming season is going to be used for development in, in, in that vein. Um, and, you know, and, and the hope is that he's going to take over one of them starting jobs in 2023, I would assume, on the outside. 
Yeah. Exactly. So of, of the two wideouts that, that got uh, taken from the trade trade store uh, between the Lions and Packers, which one of those two guys may, made you grimace a little bit and say that could come back to haunt the Vikings because they are going to have to play each of them twice per season? It's a, that's a good question. Uh, I probably have those guys closer on my board than some. You know, I had Jamison Williams, wide receiver three. I think I had Watson, uh, wide receiver six. I, had, I actually had a, a first-round grade on Watson. I, I think I ranked him 32nd. Yeah. And I said throughout the process, it's it's so funny. Uh, you guys know Eric at home, right, from Yahoo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So okay. so, so we were down in, in Mobile. Very first day of senior bowl practices. And it was before the first practice session. The kids had come out onto the field. And we were watching, you know, Watson trot around, and we were sort of commenting on, you know, that's a good-looking athlete. And we, were, he and I were both super excited to, to check him out that week. We were both trying – we both wanted to ascertain whether he could run the full route tree because we knew he could pop the top. We knew he blocked his butt off. And we knew that he could do, like, the, the end-around game. And, the, and NDSU also brought him into the backfield and did, like, Debo Samuels, like, cool stuff like that with him. So we knew all that stuff was just a given. We, we knew he was super athletic, stuff like that. We wanted to see if, like, he could do the – the intermediate stuff, you know, run the full route tree and stuff like that. And he ended up doing that. But the point being is Eric turned to me and he said, uh, he said, isn't that a guy who just came off the factory line as a Green Bay Packer outside receiver? <laughs> wow. And, and I, I looked at him and I was like, yeah, man, you know, because it totally is. It's 6'4", runs in the four threes, pop the top guy who blocks his effing butt off <laughs> so it's, it's just totally what <laughs> greasy hips so uh, yes football. yes i wish we, we don't have our football sound bar here otherwise we're getting football. peppered with it right now <laughs> yeah so i mean like he's he's the guy that you i mean again prototypical traits that the packers always look for i was really surprised that they didn't take him at 28 obviously they were the it turned out that the packers were the team that were obsessed with quay walker we knew a team yeah. was obsessed with Pay Walker in the first round, and it turned out it was the Packers. But I thought that they were going to take him at 28. Like, I was really – like, I, that was one of the more surprised things. I was in the first round when they didn't take him at 28. And then when we saw the trade, uh, I was like, this has got to be Watson. It, it just has to be. Ooh, you know? ooh we, have rec- uh, we have more receiver news here. What do we got? So uh, let's go. Sky Moore just went to the Kansas City Chiefs at 54. So okay. they – did they just they just like all right, all right who's the next five foot eight yes. shifty receiver? Let's just uh, let's go plug him in, see what yes. happens. I love that. Yeah, I mean, That's such a chief. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they needed to fortify that receiving core, and and he's a really good option there because they they gotten um well the, the guy we were just sort of alluding to, uh, Marcus Valdez Scanling, who is the, yeah. you know somewhat, one of the original uh, Packer prototypical outside receivers, but you know Valdez Scanling, he really only pops the top, whereas Watson potentially could do a lot more than that um i don't want to say hopefully not but now that he's a packer because like yeah. i love watson and stuff like that but <laughs> it's it's hard because now i can't root for him normal no more but um sky Moore is going to give kansas city uh the different skill set right like he's not uh a tyree kill but i think they're going to be looking for uh more of that you know put playing him around different places because obviously Valdez Scanlon going to be one of the outside guys. Sky Moore was a guy that played, you know, the outside receiver uh, role at Western Michigan, even though he's only the size of a, of a slot receiver, like he's a small kid, but he dominated there. Absolutely dominated the Mac. Like he, they always, you know, he played at a lower, um, you know, level of competition for sure, but he always got the number one corner on the opposing team. He cooked all of them one after the other. And none of them could jam them off the line either, which is really interesting for a smaller receiver. Just couldn't get their hands on them, right? And, and you're putting yourself in real danger if you overcommit there right at the line. 
because you could you could find yourself three, four steps behind right away. And then his footwork is just so smooth, you know, in the route, keeps you off balance and everything like that. And for a smaller guy, his ball skills are really good. So I, I think he's going to catch a ton of balls over his career from Pat Mahomes. So I want to just just to go back to something you were saying earlier, because we were, you know, we've been kind of jousting and arguing back and forth about the, they've been trading back and they've, they've traded back 20 slots twice now in this draft. And, and I, so you, it sounds like you're saying it's kind of, it's kind of what I was trying to say, but, but you have the actual knowledge of, of the depth of the draft that I don't, I, I wasn't in love with trading back from 12 to 32 and, and the return that they got, because I just, in most drafts, it feels like the type of player you can get at 12 is different than the type of player you can get at 32, but it sounds like you're saying there's a limited amount of really high caliber blue chip prospects. And maybe that line gets drawn at 10 or 12 or 15. And then from wherever that point is, call it 15 or 20 all the way through like the fourth round, it's a lot flatter than usual. Is that, is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah. I I think all those picks are going to be more valuable than they usually are. And I think there's going to be more uh, long-term contributors in the NFL that come out of the UDFA ranks this year than usual as well. But yeah, the, those picks that they got, you know, like the Jimmy John, you know, again, the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, you know, all it is is like uh, the NFL, like some people think it's like antiquated in terms of like the NFL doesn't respect it or doesn't use it. It's actually not true. They arguably use it too much to, to, to this point, like where, where it is expired. It, it's, it's complete utility. You could argue that like some of the new ones, like PFF's got one that, that just focuses on like the value of the slots based on production in the NFL and, and, you know, there's a bunch of ones that you can find on the Internet, but the NFL actually uses the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, like sort of as a Kelly blue book. So both the sides can sort of be like, OK, we're, you know, just to sort of start, you know, at least that helps you start the dance as far as like, can we at least agree that this is the general value or whatever? Um, so in terms of that, yeah, traditionally, in terms of a traditional trade, the Vikings, that first one was less than you would expect. But what was very interesting is that 34th pick. They got they got more for it than you would expect from a traditional year. And that's that's the context outside of it. Right. Because the Green Bay Packers moving up for that. They're acknowledging that that player that they're about to to draft Christian Watson is maybe better than a typical player that they could get in that slot. So they're willing to give two picks in the 50s. Exactly. And I I think we're so I, I couldn't stand the Packer trade tonight, but then the Vikings went back up and it becomes more palatable for sure. Yeah. Um, where I disagree, where I don't like the Lions trade, it's not just go- going back 20 spots. It's that if I'm going to do that, I have to win the trade clearly. Like if I give that pick to D- Detroit, I have to say, I won the trade, you got your guy. And and especially if internally I'm targeting a safety. And it sounds like this kid is great, but he is a but he's not a receiver. He's not he's not a premium position guy. Sounds like a premium player. So that being said, I think what what bugs me about it and where I sort of like drop the the charts and just say throw them away is in certain situations. And this is one where I really felt that the Vikings had to say to Detroit, we have to win this trade. You can take your guy. And that's where I wanted Detroit's first round pick for 2023, which they would have balked at. But at some point in time, too. If you're crazy, hang up on them. Say, okay, if that's not what you want to do, that's fine. We're done here. Um, so I think that I think that one bugged me more. Tonight's I couldn't stand until I saw that, that they actually then started to play with the picks. And I think it's 
I don't know. I think it's fine, but I don't think it's as egregious as I certainly thought uh, when the draft started tonight. Yeah. So that, you know, as far as the lions one, I, that, that one, you can still go either way. I I'm more fine with the green Bay one, even though I hate the guy that they got with that pick, that yeah. one may come back to haunt the Vikings. Right. But yeah, th- with, with the Detroit one, the way that I would have done that is the fair amount of value there. It was just the, the 12th pick for 32 and 34. Like that actually lined up on the, the, like any chart you look at that, that's what was like fair with that. So what was surprising to me was that Detroit got to move up 20 spots at that other pick. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really understand that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think if it, it would have been easier to digest if the Vikings got to keep the 46th in that situation. By the way, so we're getting closer and and, and if it's cool Thor, we'd like to just keep you on through the 59th pick here and sure. and we can all break it down uh, kumbaya together. But the Buccaneers have now traded up with the Bills from 60 to 57. And we've had, we've had we've definitely had a run on receivers here. So we already went through the Pickens pick, Sky Moore. Between those two, Alec Pierce from Cincinnati went to the Colts. We have our first tight end off the board, Trey McBride from Colorado State to the Cardinals at fifty five, and then linebacker from Ole Miss, Sam Williams to the Cowboys at fifty six. And so now the Bucks pick is in at fifty seven. Sam Williams to the Vikings. Sam Williams is such a Cowboys pick. It. He's he is a head case and he is so talented. He that, that's like a Greg Hardy pick. So it's oh, like wow. it's it, it's it's in the exact same vein. Like um, we, me and one of my buddies at work, like we're sort of obsessed with Sam Williams because on the field he's a freaking stud. But he's gonna have to keep his head <laughs> screwed on straight. Like he's a legitimate late first round talent just on town. But uh, will he ever keep his head on straight? We're gonna we're gonna find out. But in terms of te- you know, again, it's like a Greg Hardy pick. Thor, is, is this QB class that bad? Like I am, um, I. This is one of the first times I recall that that there were some. I think it's safe to say respected mockers who had Malik Willis going second overall in some cases, like second overall, and he's still there. Yeah. So, like, what what does this say? Because ordinarily, I feel like teams will will just take them because, oh my God, this guy could be productive, you know, into the first round or something. What does this say about the class and, and about quarterbacks when we have Kenny Pickett gone at 20? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, nobody else picked the quarterback position so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we're we're going to see. The, the only one that is crazy surprising to me is Malik Willis and it's not just us and it's not just, you know, other people in the media. It's not just like uh, people with teams and everything like that. It's also literally the NFL themselves because yeah. they invited him to the event. They wouldn't have had him sitting in that green room yeah. if they, if they didn't think there was a really good shot, he was going to go in the first round. I can tell you for sure that, that Malik Willis's team heading into yesterday thought that the last stop was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every indication that they had been given by Pittsburgh was, this is where it ends. And and so I so here's what I think. I think that if if Pickett had gone above, you know, Pittsburgh at some point decided that Pickett was their dude. Honestly, if they hadn't taken Pickett, I think he might still be sitting here, to be honest with you. Interesting. Um, yeah. So the, the fact that they, you know, so, you know, Colbert comes out after the fact. And, you know, of course, he has to wax poetic about Kenny Pickett and all this nonsense about all oh, of Kenny can move lockers and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, we're keeping the local kid home and this, all this BS. 
But, you know, th- then he does the thing about we didn't ex- expect him to be here. And I'm sure that's the one part that I, I think I actually agree with. What You know, whether in hindsight, you know, they were wrong about that. Just like all the, you know, people predicting and stuff like that were wrong. But, I you know, I, I think they thought that. And I think Malik was the number – it turns out the number two quarterback on, on their board. So I think if Pickett had gone above there, I think Malik would have gone 20. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as the rest of – I mean, you know, some of it is, is context and, and case-specific. Right. Like Detroit actually it's crazy for us to say this or like think about this, but like Detroit actually likes Jared Goff. Like they don't want to fracture their locker room because they feel like they're building something up. So they don't want to feel like a, a vote of confidence again. But and you, but you can go through all the different teams like this. Like Seattle actually wants to give Drew Locke a shot, even though that's sort of crazy. Right. Yeah. And so it, that's a part of it. The other part is just sort of risk aversion. You know, in, in the case of Malik Willis, He's a different sort of talent than we've seen in recent years. The, the physical t- tools are absolutely ridiculous, but you're going to have to work with the mechanics a little bit. The throws that he was less accurate on are, are, I think, some of the easier throws to teach a kid. And I think once he gets an offensive line in front of him, they can block him for two, you know, two seconds, keep right. people out of the pocket, which he didn't see at Liberty, and then have receivers playing with him that can create separation. I think you'll see that stuff play up, but – you know, some of that stuff, the NFL probably feels like, well, you know, he, he only had X percentage completions over the middle. And in our offense, we like to layer the ball over the middle. So those two things in conjunction, I, I think, are leading to some of this. Boys, the Vikings are on the clock. So we oh, will. Oh, Gadecki uh, just went. Gide- I, I like that Gadecki. Gadecki yeah. went to the Buccaneers. And Troy Anderson, is he? he's the linebacker from Montana State, right? Yeah. He went to the Falcons, and so now okay. the Vikings are sitting here on the clock. By the way, we have a Dabo Swinney statement, a quote from uh, the Pioneer Press on Andrew Booth, his former that? college coach. He said, they're getting, first of all, a great person with a great spirit to him. He's a guy that loves to play. From a football standpoint, they're getting a rare corner, long, explosive, fast, a physical tackler at the corner position. I would love if a coach came out and was just like, Brian Kelly did this with uh, a former quarterback one time. He's like, yeah, hey, he's not ready. He's, he really should not be doing this, quite frankly. Well, that's right. But, uh, uh, whatever. I guess Brian he's going to go there. What a, what a <laughs> dude he is. My God. So we'll see here. I mean, the Vikings, so they've, they've checked boxes at safety and cornerback. We're all still kind of – there was a big run on wide receivers here. So, I, you know, but it's an offensive coach. Most of the moves they've made so far outside of the, you know, the, the veteran sort of, you know, like uh, Chris Reed, the, the veteran guard that they signed – They've signed Harrison Phillips. They signed Jordan Hicks. A lot of defensive players in free agency, and the first two picks in the draft, defensive players. When will they go offense? When will they go center? Where did you have, by the way, so PFF's second-best center on the board is the uh, the Arizona State kid. Oh, Donovan West? Donovan West. Is that an option here for the Vikings? And they're going to pick in a second, so well, get your take out. I, I hate to disagree with PFF. I, I would have them a bit lower. Uh, or I, do, I do have them a bit lower. Item uh, mm. is, is the 14th uh, interior offensive lineman. I think, yeah. let's see, who do we um, – trying to catch up on some of these guys who have gone here recently. Is uh, is Kennard still out there? I don't is, have a Kennard off of the board here. Okay. Uh, looks so, like he's out. so Darian Kennard would probably be my top dude. Is Jurgens still out there? Jurgens just get Jurgens got selected by the Eagles a few picks ago. Okay, so so, so Kennard is probably the best guard left, and I, I know Gadecki just just went off too. Um, Parham, if he's still yeah, so Parham, 
Parham's a guy that can play both center and guard. So he would give you, you know, the option of starting at guard, you know, this coming season, which the Vikings need. There it is. Yeah, definitely. We got to pick. We got to pick. You got to tell us who this is. Ed Ingram to the Vikings. Who is that? Interesting. Okay, so he's an LSU guard. Um, He he tested pretty well. Um, I got him – I had him a little bit lower than some of them guys. I was So I had him 12, but I did have him above Donovan West for for whatever it's worth. But he tested pretty good. Um, He's built a little squat. uh, uh, Just – he's 6'3", you know, 6'3 and a half or so, 3'12". Um, tested uh, 74th percentile in terms of his size adjusted athleticism. It's kind of interesting that they went that way um, with him over over some of the, um, you know, like Kennard, for instance. But he is more athletic than Kennard, for sure. Um, he's a little bit, uh, how would you say, uh, unorthodox. So some of his movements are a bit unorthodox. S- sometimes wh- one of my, my complaints with him was that sometimes I, you'll see him leaning on guys a little bit. But he's very, very talented. Like, you know, that's a kid that's been playing at that school for a long time. Yeah. Like, even in 2019, you know, he, he was he was starting games. Although, he might have gotten injured that year or something. I, I forget. But, anyhow, um, he'd been around there for a long time. Very, very talented. Was playing almost right away when he when he signed with LSU. And, obviously, initially in his career, they were awesome. Um, as far as the athleticism, he better than some of that, you know, is more athletic than some of those guys that I was talking about before. So, so Ed Ingram is almost assuredly going to be starting at guard next season, but he's not going to give you the center flexibility that, for instance, Dylan Parham would have. Okay, so, he start- does, so he's not an option at center. Okay. I don't so, think so. Okay. 22 starts uh, in college among th- 34 starts at left guard, 12 at right guard. This, uh, this very interestingly means that they are, for all apparent um, purposes, bailing on Wyatt Davis. Because if you're going to take another – like, if you're going to take the, this kid in the second round, you're not screwing around. Davis, a third-round pick. This clearly means that there's something up there. Because, like, this this pushes Davis, depth chart-wise, way back. Uh, I have, and I have for you guys, the NFL.com scouting report on Ed Ingram here. And we're going to go line by line in all of its football glory here. He displaces the gap on down blocks with hearty shoves. Agree or disagree, Thor? (laughs) I I love the way that Lance, like, with with his language and some of them, like, because he's one of the best at that. Because, you you know, in scouting reports with 400 guys, you got to word it differently sometimes. And I I just think he's so creative sometimes with the way – because you got to think of different ways to say, like, he blocks the – Piss out of the guy across from him. <laughs> no, you really don't, Thor. That's a perfect way to put it. I read that every time. Awesome. If they have that for everyone they like. He's able to generate quality pop on the move. That's for sure. I like this one. <laughs> Upper body twitch to smack a gap shooter. Hell yeah. Yes. Baldy likes that. Oh, Brian Baldinger inject that, that into my veins. Football. Okay, choppy feet setting to the rush and instincts to smell a rat with blitzes and twists. Yeah, oh, football. oh he's got football instincts. Yeah, that's that's almost poet. That's that is poetic. That's poetry. Okay. Thor's about to start crying. On the on the downside, <laughs> this is so emotional. He lacks the desired girth through thighs and calves. That's well. never been said about me. Okay. Uh, disconnected movements between upper and lower body, tight hips prevent desired lift into the block, and tardy in adjustments and finding positioning for blocks at the second level. 
I think what Lance is saying is what I was saying with unorthodox, but he he's just more creative than I am. Yeah. <laughs> Can you interpret that entire thing? Because it's like trying to read French. <laughs> so so it, am I right about D- Davis Thor, or is there a possibility? And I don't think so, but I'll throw th- this out because he is a third round pick, which means that's a fairly high investment. Is there any chance that that they would give him an opportunity com- to compete? with Bradbury because he did do like he was doing some work in training camp last year. He clearly fell out of favor. So there's no question something w- went wrong, but the only other thing I can think of, unless he's just going to be completely buried on the depth chart and possibly cut is that he might get a chance to transition to center. Is there a possibility there? Do you think? Yeah. So I was looking up his bio cause I didn't remember him starting at, at do you guys remember him starting at he Ohio didn't State center at all? Okay. Yeah. He did I did not. I, I, I didn't think so. I thought he's a pure. And I'm working there. Last training camp. That was oh. it. That's the only reason I asked. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know how far he progressed with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you can at least feel okay about him, then maybe he could give you that insurance with Bradbury that that we've been talking about, you know, for a month now about like hoping to get someone where if Bradbury stinks again, that you you can maybe get him out of there. Um, right. You know, and then also. I mean, having the depth in there, I mean, the Vikings needed, we talked about it, they needed at least one starter in the interior, maybe even two, but also they needed the depth behind those guys. So, I mean, if at least if Davis could learn how to play center, he'd give you the, the, the insurance behind Bradbury, but he could also potentially be a backup for all three positions under the assumption that he's going to lose out in the starting job to Ingram. But I'm sure they're going to give him a good faith opportunity to, to compete with Ingram for that job. I, I just think that probably Ingram's going to beat him off. Okay. The Vikings do still have. So here's sort of the, the setup for the rest of the evening here. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, they've got the 66th pick. I'm trying to go through all the different trades, but the 66th pick, I think, is their last pick of the night because they traded the 77th along with the 53rd and the 192 to get up to 42, and they got the 122. So, so as of right now, I believe the 66th pick, which is coming up pretty shortly here, is their final pick of the evening. So, Thor, by the way, Thor, if, you have to, if, if we're keeping you from doing your actual not, job, then... No, no. Okay. You're, otherwise, you're otherwise no. we, we love like, kicking around fine. with you. So. You guys are good. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah. I quit that actually five minutes ago. Uh, so Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, they, to hang out with you guys, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and just uh, since, we're, since we've been showering our sponsors with love here tonight because they keep the lights on for us, thanks to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. You know, the Vikings are looking for some insurance along the offensive line. Uh, and, and the offensive line is all about risk management, tools and resources, which you can find through Federated if you're a business owner. They've been around for over 100 years. They're based in Owatonna, and they specialize in a core group of industries that they absolutely know like the back of their hand inside and out. So if, if you want a full list of those industries and see if they match your business, go to federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. So, Phil, did, did you do that off the fly with the offensive line and the offensive line? Uh, you know, Thor, I am a wildly talented professional no. media member. Okay. You are. That, <laughs> that was really that was impressive. That was really good. You know, I have about I have two talents. One of them is yacht rock, uh, yacht rock music name offs, and the other one is transitioning into podcast ad reads. Those are like my <laughs> the only two things that I am above average at. In life. Best in the business. I've always yeah. said that. <laughs> Uh, so I think the Bengals are on the clock right now with the 60th pick, and then the Vikings are going to be five picks away early in the third round. What else is out there right now as we kind of fly through these picks here? If you're the Vikings and you're looking at your 
a position of needs, but maybe at this point more best player available and value here. Is there anything that stands out to you in the next six or seven picks, Thor? Well, so, you know, I'd expect them to take a receiver at some point. That We were talking about this a little bit yesterday, but they're going to go from playing some of the most two wide receiver sets in the league. You'd think to plan some of the most three wide receivers, at least yeah, that's yeah. how, how the, the Rams did it. I like KJ, KJ, you know, like I, I like him as, as much as the next guy, but you'd yeah. think that they would want to upgrade that spot, the third receiver spot, if they're going to use that guy way more than the previous coaching staff did. In terms of that, Kelvin Austin, I feel like is a guy that's going to go pretty soon. He tested just like Tyree Kill did, basically the same composite, except like 12 pounds less. Also, he's probably this class is two two at well, you know, from last year. Except he's more diversified. Like he was a better player in college. I think he tested even a little bit better two two, you know, with the same sort of speed. Well, who took two two last year? Perhaps it was a mistake, you know. But the Rams did right, and that, that's where O'Connell was before. Jalen Tolbert is an outside pop the top guy. Um, both the Vikings receivers now pop the top. But Love both those guys. Football. 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 Says myself every Monday morning in the mirror. I'm going to pop the top today. <laughs> oh, oh, we don't want to hear about that. <laughs> of these, of these Flintstone vitamins. Yes. Yeah. Get my strong Thank bones. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> yeah, both those guys, like the the, the Vikings have right now, they can play the slot. So I mean, you know, but also obviously outside as well. So it, it gives you the versatility if, if you're going to take a receiver. You can either go the slot dude, you can either go with the outside guy. So they're not sort of pending to anything. So I think Tolbert could be in play. Austin could be in play. David Bell could be in play, although I don't know. The only, he's going to be a pretty good possession receiver in the NFL. I feel like he has, he has awesome ball skills, was, was super productive in the Big Ten. It's just the athleticism thing with him. But I'd assume he's going to come off the board sometime in the third round. So maybe he's an option, but it seems like O'Connell sort of goes more for the explosive speed guys. Hey, Thor, it in – uh, totality is this draft uh, as drunk as it seems to be to me, or or is that just a a recency bias of the process playing out? Because and I don't know if it's because as you talked about off the top with us that the top half of this draft was not as strong as it ordinarily is, and the rest of it was stronger. But it feels like we've seen more wheeling and dealing and weird things transpire w- within the first two plus rounds now of this draft than we ordinarily see, especially early on. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, yesterday we had, you know, more trades than we've had in the first round since at least 2010, since the draft went to three days and also multiple trades and multiple more trades, including wide receivers that included first round picks after we'd had an off season where we had multiple blockbuster trades like that. So that was all crazy. Um, And then the, the decisions of some of these teams, you know, like, um, this was a process where people kept their cards really close to their vest. You know, people were, were sort of down on the class for sure, but uh, the, the teams were keeping, again, their, their cards close to their vest. That, that's why everyone you would talk to would tell you, you know, this this draft, if you're laying it out, it's more unpredictable than, you know, like any class in the past decade. So, yeah, no, it's it, it definitely has been. And then the speed of, of yesterday, like where they were sprinting the cards up each team, like it, it's been a crazy draft so far. Hey, I want a couple things, and, and we can actually, I don't know how often we've gone five wide here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, but we can, oh, we, go we got a couple wide. guys in the in the Ventline green room that we can get to, uh, but a couple house cleaning things. Number one, if you are hanging out with us here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, if you could click the subscribe button and the like button and help spread the word about 
this community of Vikings fans that you guys are helping us build here. And in turn, we'll give you daily Vikings entertainment as well. Uh, also, there is this is going to be a thing. There is a story from a few years ago. Um, court documents show that LSU's Ed Ingram was accused of sexually assaulting two minors when he was 16 years old. So there's a there's a I'm getting this from a Deadspin write up, but um, I haven't read through this whole thing. But that he's definitely going to have to answer questions about this, and so will Quasi. So yeah, I, I don't want to speak off the cuff right now because I haven't read the whole story, but. That is a character thing that's going to have to be answered at some point here. Um, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgat, our executive producer, Declan Goff, and Thor Nystrom from NBC Sports Edge, NFL draft expert and enthusiast, is with us here. As we count down the picks now, I think they're what the Vikings are like four picks away from being on the clock at 66. Cam Taylor Britt, the defensive back from Nebraska, just went to the Bengals at pick 60 overall. But Dex, should we uh, should we yeah. fire up the vent lines here real quick again? Let's do it. Let's uh, let's bring in our guy Ben. Ben, what's my up, man. Ben? We're hey, going five guys. wide. Uh, thanks for for bringing me on. Three points, uh, real quick, that I have been thinking about. The first was a sports cliche that I believe Quasi used in one of his original press conferences. Uh, you have to evaluate the process, not the results. And I think their process in the second round is really solid. They knew that they wanted to accumulate more capital, and then they knew that they wanted to leap back up. And I think they executed that process. And hand-in-hand with that, the result played out well. And if they're to be believed, they got their guy and they added capital. So I think the way they maneuvered this second round, we can go back and forth on opinions about what happened last night, but I think how they maneuvered this round was a real positive. The second point I wanted to make, uh, I was excited about the first round playing out the way it did because my write that down will be coming off the board positively. No quarterback was taken by a first-year head coach, uh, going back to the risk aversion that Thor was talking about. And the third point, I'd be curious for all of uh, your opinions on this, uh, particularly yours, Thor. I feel like the market has corrected too far the other way. The fact that Malik Willis is still on the board at this point seems like a mistake. And no team wants to pull the trigger now and go and get him. But I would imagine the upside of Malik Willis is much stronger than at this point in the second round. But that, that's those are the three points. Thanks for bringing me on, guys, and, and great content the last couple of days. Dude, Ben, thank you, man. Yeah, Thanks, we'll throw it, to, throw it to Thor here for the first stab. Yeah, th- that's an awesome question, Ben. And I, I totally agree with you. At, at this point uh, – what are you risking any of these teams with a player that has the physical tools that, that he does the one thing, you know, and I'll go to last year, uh, first round. I loved a player named Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Uh, they called him Woo at, at Notre Dame. I love that kid's game. And I ranked him like number 12, something like that. And he, you know, he felt like he was into the twenties. And so I started texting people, what, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then I come to figure out later that night that they had diagnosed him with a heart condition. Usually there's something behind uh, stuff like this. I I don't know if there's a medical thing that that we're not aware of, if there's, you know, what it is or whatever, but it seems like at this point it, it, you know, it's going beyond, uh, uh, you know, anything that has to do like the, the thing with the accuracy, because like, you know, again, like what is the downside for any of these teams? At this point, yeah. there's not the guy can throw 70 plus yards off platform. 
I'm not talking about what his feats at off platform and his athleticism is ridiculous. You know who led the nation in, in broken tackles last year? It wasn't Kenneth Walker. He finished number two. Malik Willis did. He had wow. one more on like 180 less carries. Malik Willis ran a 4.37 as a sophomore at Auburn. I mean, you know, again, who knows? You know, maybe he, the accuracy never completely goes up. But you know, like I've made this point before on the NFL throws that he, you know, the NFL throws, he was the most accurate quarterback in this class. Ten and nineteen yards downfield, outside the hashes, towards the sidelines, the downfield stuff as well. So we'll see, you know, if there's something else going on here, but I totally agree with you that the juice is worth the squeeze on almost any level, unless there's information out there that, that we're just not aware of with the public. Yeah. And that, that has to be the case, right? Because I mean, with quarterbacks, I just don't think if you know that the kid is fine and there's an accuracy thing, but I mean, we have seen quarterbacks get passed up and be success stories. We're now to a point in the draft what you're saying thor where it's a no lose okay you're wrong but it's a quarterback gamble i mean that's a different gamble and is almost always at least worth it you very rarely get criticized late second round early third round for you missed on that you know it's one thing to whiff on the first round to me with quarterbacks especially who apparently have upside it's a very different thing to be this late on friday and still say it's not worth it a one thousand percent yeah, it's not just that there there's no downside. I'll, I'll just I'll just say it. The, the NFL is making a mistake. They, all these teams have made, and most of them have made one or two mistakes by this point. I still think Malik Willis is going to be a steal. I'm not backing off my take on Malik Willis. I done the work on him. I watched him. I you know I done the work on the classes in the past as well. That the physical tools he's bringing into the NFL are different than some of these guys that we've seen in recent classes. And it's funny because this class. Again, the criticism with this class was it didn't have the high octane ceiling guys. Well, that's what that's what Willis is bringing you. Now it's it's it was a risk. It was always going to be a risk, but there ain't no more risk anymore here. You know, right. as as long as the information that that we know of is the same, there could be something else going on here that we're not aware of um, that teams know about because the teams get all all the information. You know, the background checks, the the medical stuff. So there could be something out there that we're not aware of. But outside of that, does this make any sense? No. But beyond that, uh, whoever takes them, unless his career is about to get sought up by something I'm not aware of, they're about to get a steal. Because even as a friggin' trick player, he would be worth this pick at this yeah. point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, G uh, Gator Viking here in the YouTube comments would like to know about Carson Strong. What are your thoughts on that? That's another guy. He's, you know, fifth or sixth highest ranked quarterback, depending on where you look, what are your thoughts on Carson strong? Yeah. Carson strong has to be hating life right now, because if, if the other guys are getting pushed down the board, Carson yeah. strong is about to get pushed way down the board. <laughs> but the, the one thing that, that he's got going for him, he's got a big league arm. He, he has top three arm strength in this class. And he's shown the last couple of years throwing for 4,000 plus yards at Nevada that he also like in the pocket, his game is really good as well. Last year, he played on a compromised knee all year. He come off his knee surgery. His doctor gave him a one-year recovery timeline. He rushed back in six months because he wanted to start the entire season. So when, like, you know, at the beginning of September or whatever, his knee was swelling up, you know, whenever he would play, whenever he would practice or whatever. So he was wearing this knee sleeve all season. His mobility was compromised. And it wasn't just that. His, he couldn't plant completely on that leg. So he was telling us at, at the combine that most of his throws last year were all arm. And you can actually see this on tape. So, like, the things that were effective was he couldn't completely plant on it. 
his mobility was compromised and also against pressure because he was just sort of a sitting duck. Well, I, I can add some context there. Nevada, by, by any metric, had one of the worst offensive lines in the nation as well. You know, they were down there with, with Liberty. Not just the eye test, like all the, the different data that I have, both in terms of run blocking and pass blocking, they were near the bottom of the nation. So, he, you know, he was another guy that was seeing a lot of pressure. It's just, whereas with Malik Willis, he could get outside the pocket and escape, and you got to see some of his athleticism, stuff like that. Carson Strong couldn't do that. My so so there's two different ways to see this. Some people have said that Carson Strong's knee condition is degenerative going forward because he has had some issues with these knees in, in the past, and so they they put this sort of scarlet letter on, on his evaluation. Um, I've heard that two different, at least two different uh, medical teams, including one in the NFL, the, the Rams medical staff. I can tell you for sure, medically cleared him. Um, and so if, if that is not a degenerative knee condition, if it's not something that's going to affect him going forward, instead of giving him a scarlet letter on his evaluation, you should be giving him extra credit. Because last year on that compromised base where he didn't have the mobility, he couldn't plant, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He throws for over 4,000 yards and absolutely rips up the MWC. So I, I think he, he's a pretty, pretty decent prospect as far as a developmental guy. He ain't going to start for you next year. He needs a little bit of work. But, you know, as, as far as a guy that you can bring in and has an NFL arm later on, seems like you're going to get him at a huge sticker price discount at this point. Yeah. But, you know, on day three, I would absolutely take the stab there. So just to reset here, the Vikings are one pick away from being on the clock. If you're just joining us, we're live here, Purple Daily and kind of a Vikings Ventline hybrid show on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, our executive producer, Declan Goff, doing executive producer things, and our friend Thorne Eistrom from NBC Sports Edge, spitting knowledge about all of these players. So uh, some some things to recap here. James Cook, running back, and Delvin Cook's brother. What did he just ju- go? Just went yeah. off the board oh, to the nice. Buffalo Bills at 63. Oh, sweet. So the, the second round is over. No Malik Willis. No N'Kobe Dean. Crazy. What's up what's with N'Kobe the, what's, Dean? So that's, that's odd. He was 19th on PFF's big board. It's one thing to drop like into the middle of the second round, but what what's lurking around the corner there is my question. Is there is there something? Is there an injury? Is there is there something that every team knows that the public doesn't yet? It, that's a that's a weird. Both those guys. I mean, it doesn't make a, a ton of sense that they weren't drafted in the second round to me. Yeah. Um, so with Dean, there's the measurable thing is is one concern with him, and with 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 stuff on the like the rumor stuff. You don't, you know, like, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I just like the there's there could be stuff outside of it, you know, that, that you know, whatever, but um, that could be leading to this too. But uh, unless I know it for a fact, I I would never say it. So, um, you know, th- there could be something else going on there um, that teams are aware about. But the one thing that we knew the NFL can be a little bit lower was the measurables. And then as far as something else, we'll, we'll just have to wait to see if anything yeah. comes out publicly. And then Nick Benito to the Broncos was the last pick in the second round. He's the he's the linebacker from uh, from Oklahoma for those yeah. scoring at home. I, I, I he plays the game like John Wick. Like he he's always <laughs> fired. He's always coming after people. It's it shoot him up every play. He's a downhill attacking, blitzing outside three four linebacker, yes. and he's just attacking, attacking, football. attacking, attacking Ooh, football. V- Vikings are on the clock. The Jacksonville right. Jaguars are taking Kentucky offensive lineman Luke Fortner at sixty five, and the Minnesota Vikings are on the clock. 
at pick 66. Also, just for anyone wondering, Anthony Edwards has made all three of his shots and both of his free throws. He has nine points in the first six minutes of this Timberwolves game against Memphis tonight. Uh, it's 11 to, to 10 right now, Wolves over Memphis. Later on tonight, we will do on our other YouTube channel, the Score North YouTube channel, a Mackie and Judd Timberwolves vent line. So, so strap in for a late night of Minnesota sports here. But the Vikings are on the clock. I'm sure we're going to get a pick here in the next two or three minutes. But I don't know. Any, anything standing out to you value-wise here? I mean, would you, dra- would you take Malik Willis here? F yeah. Again, <laughs> what, yeah. what do you have to lose? Right. You know, yeah, at like, this point, I mean, yeah, I mean, like the the league is just begging someone to to swoop the guy up, right? You can sit him for a year and figure it out next year. I really don't. How, see how do you wait? How do you develop Malik Willis and craft a system in a in a you know first year offense for everyone here in Kevin O'Connell? That seems hard to me. How do you devote all the attention to installing this system for Kirk and, and Kevin O'Connell, and then also Malik Willis over here? We're going to develop you into the best version of yourself. Well, you know, so, you know, it's, it's a part about the learning and we know that he's voracious with that. Like there is this one story from uh, before the combine where he'd gotten a, a playbook from a team and he stayed up until 2 a.m. studying it so that the next day he would know all the vernacular, stuff like that. But then, you know, like as far as like the system itself, Malik's got to go into a modified system. And, and that's a part of, you know, like if he takes over a starting job. Right. Or if he, you know, if, if, if Kirk ended up getting injured and, you know, I, I don't know that he would, the Vikings would, because his Manning coming back, like, yes, um, yeah, I, I mean, if, if Kirk went down I, and I had Malik, I would definitely be putting in Malik or whatever. But, but anyway, if, if you did, you would modify it a bit, you know, that you would have more of the, the quarterback mobility initially. And so you, you would try to stretch the defense horizontally and then vertically, right. You would also use the 70, five-yard cannon as well to try to push them back and then go, you know, make sure that they have to defend every inch of space on the field. Um, And then you're going to work on the mechanic stuff, you know, to try to help out the accuracy in the intermediate area over the middle of the field. That stuff, that's the stuff where a quarterback coach can really dig in with Malik. So I I, I think that would would be fun. Whoop. All right. You're going to, again, have to tell us about this player here, Thor. According to Mike Silver, the Minnesota Vikings have selected Brian Asmoa. The teammate of Bonito. Okay. Yeah, so an, an, another Oklahoma guy, uh, my buddy Ryan, uh, our, our friend Ryan, who's, who's at Lake Monterey, he's going to be pumped because he, he loves all the Oklahoma guys. Asmoa is a really solid linebacker. Um, th- there's other linebackers that I would have gone at, at this point over him, but – he, Nicobe Dean, cough, cough. But, you know, Asamoah is a fine player, you know, as well. I, again, my, my board's a little bit lower on him, but he's going to give you a lot of stuff. He's a reliable player. So I, I understand what they see in him. Not, not the direction I would have gone if I was going to take a linebacker, but I'm okay with it. 3-4 three, four, three, four outside or interior linebacker? He got the he got the juice for the outside, but he's super-duper sawed off. Um Six foot, two twenty six. Um, you got to be inside linebacker. So, all right, you guys want it? I'm sure. Here are the NFL.com scouting report <laughs> strengths for the Vikings' newest draft pick. Hips. It's going to mention hips for linebacker for sure. It might. Yeah, Brian Asamoah. Okay, his strengths. 
does the heavy lifting as most of his tackles were solo efforts, quick read and react in early stages of the rep, reads his keys and recognizes misdirection in the run game. Full throttle trigger to disrupt blocking scheme, projectable traits and flashes as a playmaker, and uh, able to expand coverage area from zone. So not not quite as entertaining as the the previous write-up, but okay. Uh, he's built like a puffed-up box safety is one of his weaknesses. <laughs> he's on the smart oh. side for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. What's he a marshmallow? <laughs> yes, he's a he is a marshmallow yeah. apparently. Puffed In, up. Inefficient movement and false steps are part of the package. Needs to play with control and patience in scrape mode. There you go. What's great? What's scrape mode? Thor. Scrape mode. Oh, getting out blocks. That what they're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Hey, <laughs> what's your opinion? Uh, because I, I just I continue to contrast a lot of the guys from the 2021 draft class who we flat out have, have not seen. What's your opinion of Chaz Surratt, the converted, what, quarterback, linebacker yeah. now, who played special teams? But, I mean, did, does he have a chance to get in this mix, or was that a sort of a weird Spielman reach? Well, I thought it was kind of weird, but you, you take him for the developmental aspect. And so sure. what I don't know is, is this uh, administration is high on him? Are they going to be as invested in his development? That I'm not sure of, but... Uh, Chaz Surratt had only played linebacker for a couple years. He's very athletic, and he piled up the tackles. It was just, you know, coming out, he was slow to trigger, which you can explain because he was new to it, you know, after switching over from quarterback. And then uh, he kind of T-Rex armed. You know, his tackling radius isn't the biggest as well. So that was one of my other concerns. And then one thing that the jury is out is he had not developed the, the coverage aptitude in college yet. But, again, yeah. you could give him the excuse of he had just switched to linebacker. Right. And then you could also say in his defense, he's very athletic. So there's nothing athletically that he won't be able to do in space if you're only putting him against running backs and tight ends. But the jury's probably out on that. I just, you know, again, I don't know how the new administration sees him. Yeah. Gotcha. Amazing. All right. Any, uh, you know, the Vikings could, I guess, trade back into the third round here. But as of right now, that's their final pick of the night. And so, uh, Thor, give us any any final thoughts here to this point. The three players that they well the the three players they've drafted tonight in Booth Ingram and Asamoa and then uh, Lewis Seen last night the draft class is kind of stacking up here these are the four highest picks for the Vikings so what do you think so far of this draft class Yeah I I, I like I like the Seen pick a lot I like the Booth pick a lot the the secondary is way improved and, and we came into this draft knowing that that was going to need to be improved that the Vikings had any shot of winning next year so you know happy with with what they did there. Um, the Asamoa pick is is head scratching to me. It's not one I would have made if if you're going to take an undersized linebacker there. I'm not sure why it's Nicobe Dean. And and this goes back to what we were talking about just a bit ago. You know, both both Dean and Willis. It is there something going on here medically or off the field that just yeah. hasn't been reported yet. That's possible, but they, you know they could explain it. But I, I'm not quite as high on Asamoah, but the other two kids, I, I thought they got a really good value in terms of where the slot they got him at. Awesome, man. There he is, Thor Nystrom from NBC Your lifesaver, Sports man. Oh, yeah, Edge. Thor. Appreciate Seriously. you, boys. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on, dude.
We'll 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 talk. I'll again hang with sometime. you guys anytime, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it again. You can expect a, a, a delivery of Shirley Furious IPA to your doorstep for that. I love it. That that beer we had last night. Uh, I can. What was it? Before, uh, before I, I die. Before I die. One night only ale was outstanding. Fabulous. Dude, we sold out of that too, man. That sold out before the draft was over. We, well, you we t- you tapped out. out. You, you tapped, tapped out. out. And that was just Judd. Yep, it was. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Impressive. He's the he's the he's the octopus laying bricks meme, except drinking those surlies. You know what? My scouting report pretty damn good when I can tap a keg by myself. Tap it out. All right, for Thor. Sure. Thanks for coming on, appreciate man. We appreciate. Thank All you. right. All right. Let's. Uh, should we hit a few just yeah. last second vent liners here? Yeah. And then uh, we might put a bow on this because we got to gear up for Timberwolves vent line here, too. <laughs> Jaden McDaniels came in and just cashed three consecutive threes to bring the Wolves back. I'm not surprised so. at all. That's a great I pick. Mean, yep. uh, let, let's, uh, is it Hogarth? Hogarth. Yes. yes. A.K.A. Drunkle Shark, a.k.a. Ogres Have Layers. Yes. Love it, man. What, all right. What awesome. do you think about what's been happening here so far in this draft? You know, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of surly furious. Oh wow, Judd. Oh, dude, look at this. Oh, oh, right back. Cheers, man. Hold on. Cheers. 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 Three for you, my tall boy. Uh, I'm a little bit uh, curious about all the haters from the uh, the initial round one stuff. Uh, you know, and I'm going to actually preface this by saying you guys have said. The Vikings are more than one piece away from being a legit contender, right? Yeah. So now, trade back in one. You get a player that's, okay, maybe not what you could have got at 12, but a contributing player right away at the end of round one. You moved up to get a better round two player, and you added a round three player. Now, what it cost you was, what, a guy to catch passes from Jared Goff? Like, is that really, like, like was that really the, the terrifying factor of what we gave the division rival? Like, I mean, come on. I I just don't, like, if, if you look at how, and I realize this is pie in the sky, but if you look at the Patriots, Tom Brady's first handful of years, he won three Super Bowls in four years, throwing for like 175 yards. They had a ton of players that were solid. They didn't have like 10 superstars and a bunch of meh. They had a bunch of players that were really solid. Now, why not trade back a little bit in the first in order to maximize the quality that you get out of the depth and quantity of contributing players. Yeah, no, th- that's a great question. I think Thor, by the way, the beard game, oh, yeah. the surly Thanks game here. Follow Thor, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here. We're going to have Thor just speak in depth yeah. about every pick for 45 minutes, and then <laughs> we're going to bring Hogarth in here to, to top it. But yeah. thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, man. I think, and Thor kind of, you know, I mean, Thor said in a better and more eloquent, smarter way than, than I did that. This is more, this isn't a top heavy draft. There's not quarterbacks. This is more about second, third, fourth round. Mm -hmm. And when you look through that prism, it makes more sense what the Vikings are doing, which is if they can trade back and load up on picks in the second, third and fourth rounds, 
they're going to wind up with maybe two extra good players or two extra good lottery tickets than they otherwise would have. So and the booth pick, I once I got booth, I liked that pick more. Like I, what I didn't like was trading that far back in the second round. They got back yeah. up. Um, I don't know that they then. So I think that they're trying to be creative and maneuver throughout the rounds, and they definitely did in the second round. The first two picks, I think, are good players. It sounds like from what Thor was saying, though, the next two picks are a little bit more questionable, and that's going to be the, the case. But, I mean, they're definitely trying to be creative and get cute at times, and I think so, some of it's going to work and and some not. But to go back to the point that we talked about before, too, because I think people are, are mistaking our stance on – the first round and we discussed this on the the, uh, morning episode of purple daily. I didn't like what they did from a capital standpoint, the player that they got, I think we all agree is good. Like they got a good safety. So like, no, nobody's saying, well, you got a crappy player. What we're saying is, is that really the best strategy to not get more? And it sounds like to a, to a man, basically everybody agrees that they, they shouldn't have given up the second round pick. So like they should have kept their, they should have got Detroit's second round pick. They should have then kept theirs. And so it, it would have been then, I think a clear cut win. I think that's what we're yeah. talking about. I think I would, we're not criticizing the player. I would feel better. Yeah. I think, yeah, I would feel better if that, yeah. If, if the trade was just, okay, forget about these other two picks. It's, it's the 12 for the 32 and the 34 and it's clean. And that's it. Correct. Giving up the 46 and thing is out. But well, I, their defense is considerably better, I think, through scheme, coaching refresh, and additions in free agency and draft than it was three months ago. Absolutely. And and then offensively, if Chris Reed can be a league average right guard, and if KOC can elevate this offensive scheme-wise... According to then, Thor, the new guy's good, probably good, going, going to start, though. He said that the guard that they took tonight would probably start or have a good chance to start. That right Ingram would start right. Well, and Chris Reed, by the that's way, has been taking some snaps. It sounds like he's able to play some center. So is okay. It see, that's that... what I'm getting at. I think that there's a plan here with one of these guards to compete then for that job. Could be. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Vikings vent line. We'll do a couple more. Uh, let's go. Actually, you know what? Let's go to let's go to our guy Evan here. Evan. So Evan in Atlanta, out. man. What's going on, dude? Evan, dude. Thanks for showing up last night. That was awesome of you. Oh man, thanks for having me. I'm got the score north hat and the the Charlie shirt. It, I was dude. rocking it through the thank you Minneapolis, Charlotte, and Atlanta airport for you guys. Love it. They're <laughs> all nice. like, "Where'd you get that um, cool swag, man?" <laughs> uh, Charlie Brewing, man, up in up in Minneapolis. <laughs> um, my feelings on the draft. So I was watching the draft on the airplane, and I couldn't, you know, I didn't have any access to Twitter or anything. So I just saw that we traded out, that we traded back up. And were you guys actually watching the draft um, feed? Like from ESPN tonight because they were, yeah. I had the NFL Network feed on with the volume. I was down. not okay because on the ESPN feed there was some former Viking whoever announced the pick for Andrew Booth. He went up there and started ranting for like two and a half to three minutes, and some Sucks. lady from that worked for ESPN had to come up and tell him like, "Dude, read Wrap the it pick." Up. Yeah, and he still was ranting after that. So the former Viking, right? Yeah, yeah was I, it? I don't. I don't Ed Mar- Marinero, who who was on yeah. Hill Street Blues, what was he ranting about? A running back in the like the sixties. He, he, he the was just, he was talking about like, oh, this is fifty years in the making. I got to come up here when I got drafted in nineteen forty five after World War Two. This is going on about yeah. It was it was the it was 
it was very frustrating because I saw we <laughs> traded out, didn't really know what we got, and then traded back up, didn't know what we had to give, and now we're finally <laughs> on the clock, and this guy is ranting, and I'm just like, read the dang pick. Dude, just read the pick. Yeah, yeah, come on. yeah but um, my takes on the pick so far, um, I've liked him. Booth was a steal at 42. He's somebody that I think we could have gotten first round in the 20s. Getting him at, in the 40s is awesome. Um, I liked the uh, offensive guard out of Oregon, but until you know, you guys brought up Chris Reed moving to center, I was kind of concerned that we were getting too many guards without actually getting a solid replacement for Barberry. But if, if Chris Reed can go in there and be a solid, you know, center, and this Ingram kid can be a, you know, a promising guard, I think I think we're ready to rock, dude. Yeah, there's pieces. There's pieces here. It's pieces not it's place. Place. And I'll, pieces listen, in place. I am contractually obligated to tell you the Vikings have cap space, and J.C. Treader is still available too. If you want a real starting center, if you and, just want to do on, the whole and, thing. And he's, he's what thirty two, so he he'd be cheap, and he's probably going to be here for one or two years. So I mean, and that's Fine, yeah. that's the that's the Frank Kirk's going to be here. Yep. So let's try to, and, try to get yeah, I know he's got like maybe some degenerative knee problems or something, and he didn't really practice last year. I don't care. You you want to go home and just ice your knees for five days and come back on Sunday? I'm, Better I'm, than I'm Bradbury. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure Bradbury has degenerative shoulder problems from getting forklifted too much. <laughs> right. They're just up by his neck 24-7. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's so. terrible. Well, Evan, thanks for, yeah. thanks for repping the brand. Thanks for making the trek from Atlanta to the surly draft party last guys, night and uh, we'll definitely be talking to you again soon man all right awesome all right thank you evan let's go to one more here before we wrap david. this episode what's up david what's hey, up buddy been a long way been a long way been a long way yeah um, sorry and then we went to you and like you, you stepped away for 30 seconds and we went to you quick so now we got you all right uh, you know what's, what's crazy like i was i'm actually a truck driver so i was actually driving to, to leave work and now i'm home now so oh. which is cool <laughs> which is cool it's fine now but i was just like so furious at judd because judd uses his own point but today i don't understand what's wrong with judd like you were what's so wrong? mad about the trade and mackie was like really really hitting the points but i think like you can't say this draft is like spillments or whatever because they're trading up for like second round picks instead of like players that are not even make the squad you know, the second round picks, things like that, are going are going to be good. And just like you guys said earlier, what Zimmer made a good point with there's no depth. Now we are trying to have depth with these guys because players are getting older, and you know, contract situations. And I, I'm not a contract guy, but when you trade down from like 12, isn't the money different to, to 30, yes. 32, it's right? Cheaper. So that means yeah, you it's, might have, it's a little you might, cheaper. You, you might have more money after the draft is over to sign some kind of free agents that are out there, just like your guy, JC's trader, because now yeah. your draft picks are solid a little bit differently. But I'm a, like you guys know, I'm a, I'm a California Viking fan. I'm kind of jealous of you guys. Like I got my Bud Light Viking beer, which is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> the corporate, that's corporate. That's a corporate. Camera. Yeah. 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 You know, I can't have it with you guys, but I listen to you guys yeah. every day, all You're the awesome. time. And keep up, keep up the good work. And it's a lot of, Viking fans out here in California that listen to you guys too. That's awesome, cool, man. man. Well, David, thanks yeah, for spreading thank spreading the gospel, man. We appreciate. Don't be it. too mad at me. <laughs> um, you're good. You're good now, Judd. You're good now. Uh, all right, all right. Thanks, see you, David. David. Appreciate Bye-bye. you coming on, man. So, all right, guys. You know, any? It's funny because we were going to do. Let's just do like we'll, we'll do a thirty minute thing, you know, live stream, react to the first pick, and come back later. And the Vikings just started making trades, so here we are, almost three hours later. Uh, just to put a wrap on this episode here, what are your final? thoughts on the first four picks 
Uh, my final thoughts are, are this. I couldn't stand the trade with the Packers when they, they made it. The fact that they went back up then and got Booth changes my opinion. Um, I think that just from a pure standpoint of positions, the the safety position of, of which, as I told you guys before, I think they're going to deploy three more in defensive looks and the corner position are far more solidified and deeper than they were when the draft started. Um, I will sort of defer to Thor on the last two picks and say, I guess that's a little bit more of a wait and see potentially, but if they did get a guard who can start there and like, if this solves the right guard dilemma um, for a while, I'm pleased with that. So yeah, I think that they're addressing that the idea of a receiver in the first round certainly intrigued me. And this being a high flying, high scoring offense seems like lots of fun, but I will give them credit with at least three of the picks thus far. It does seem like they are addressing areas because the defense in 2021 was a definite mess. That's the, that's the happiest spin, the biggest smiley face that I can put on the first two days so far. Okay. Yeah. I I feel like they've done a good job at least building up the draft. And I know I was uh, questioning Mr. Adolfo Mensa on his constant trading back. And I still have questions and comments on that, but you know what? They made the picks. They traded up. So I, I do applaud him for it. I, I think getting Booth is, is is an absolute good good pick there too. And we'll see on the other guys. You know, at, at this rate, we'll, we'll see if these guys are legitimate players. But the Vikings need to fix their defense. They've taken three defensive players. I think this is going to be all right. I like the process here. I like the process. I like I like the fact that if there's a bunch of talent in the second, third, fourth rounds here, that they have accumulated a couple extra picks, a couple extra lottery tickets. And I think Mike Zimmer would be thrilled with the first two picks in Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth. I think I think Mike Zimmer somewhere is giving a golf clap. Not a full-on standing O because he's still pissed at the organization, but I think he would be happy with these first two picks. So dime listen, package. Don't forget. We're gonna yeah. see dime we're we're gonna see the dime package. I think you're right. I think you're right. And yeah, I, I you know, I the one thing that's missing here mm-hmm. is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And they might still take one later on at some point. But uh, regardless of who they wind up taking, it looks like K.J. Osborne is going to be your three. And Amir Smith-Marset, who shows some promise, is going to be in the mix for some for some snaps, probably fourth in that rotation. So, I, yeah, do hope I, like that, I do hope there is a plan here at center that I don't see yet. Jason That's the one Trenner. thing. Well, no, but I mean, I'd seriously be fine with that. But what I'm saying is if we start training camp and Garrett Bradbury is the clear-cut guy atop the depth chart, um, I'm not liking life then as much. Yeah. Uh, Ed Ingram is being asked about the sexual assault situation. Of course, a lot of teams talked about my way to address it was just focus on football right now. I just want to kind of focus on what's going on right now. So I got to read more about it, but he's going to be asked about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's from a few years ago. Anyhow, okay. thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight yeah, and last right. night. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, that would be huge. And then later on tonight, we're going to be live on the Score North YouTube channel with a little Timberwolves vent line. Big night in Minnesota sports here, baby. And this has been a freaking awesome game so far. We're four minutes into the second quarter. It's tied at 34. Ants going off. Greg Monroe. Nas Reed's not playing in the game tonight, so Greg Monroe's getting some minutes. Oh, Ant just broke one up. In a do-or-die game, so. All right, guys. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much for helping us build this community at Purple Daily. And uh, we'll be back probably tomorrow. See you guys. Daily Vikings Entertainment.